0: Following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, the Outside Woods. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. And this week we got a full house, ladies and gentlemen. We are all three
1: everywhere you want. Oh, wait, is that is that the (laughs) tune? (laughs) It's your boy, Cannonball, Alex Steele, returning once again. Good to be back.
0: Alex, welcome back to the show. And we also have our good friend the bootleg better back on the show. Boots,
2: how's everything going? Mmm. I'm reminded of the phrase. If you live in the last house, you shouldn't throw stones. So there's some things I want to talk about today. But the bootleg better and who better to be?
0: Yeah, the bootleg better back in the house, guys. We are uh, rocking and rolling. We're just a a few weeks away from the big NFL draft. Uh, It's off season time, baby, and we got a lot of shit going on. We got uh, uh, free agents getting picked up. We got a huge signing this weekend. Huge signing. Huge. We'll we'll be talking about that shortly. The Aaron Rodgers stuff continues, though. (laughs) Uh, And and with our news and notes around the league, uh, Aaron Rodgers, fellas, the the saga continues. Um, Mm. So the Jets and and the Packers have been in this ongoing, uh, perpetual state of of negotiations, is, is what we're experiencing now. It has been. Just very soap opera-ish. I think we all expected a deal to be done already. And the deal hasn't been done for the the Green Bay Packers and the New York Jets. The Jets keep trying and trying and trying. The Packers expect the Jets to sell the farm. This has been uh, a, a nightmare for the New York Jets at this point in time. They can't seem to get the Packers to budge on anything.
2: Um, my lord. Because the Packers, the Packers hold all the cards. Yeah, right. They've got all the leverage, and and the Jets don't have any because the Packers have their guy in place in in Jordan Love, right, all ready to go. Yep. And they know they don't want Aaron Rodgers back, so either so they're holding all the cards in this situation, and the Jets kind of look ridiculous.
0: And and at the same time, the Packers are are that's a big cap number for a guy who doesn't want to play for you. I mean, yeah. it's a $50 million, yeah. a huge cap, a cap number for, for Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, and with the, the Packers wanting to bring in different players and make different moves in free agency, the fact that this thing has dragged out yeah. the way it has, that's the big thing right now is, is it's dragged out. The, the Packers can't make moves without, <laughs> you know, they, they, they have no
2: way of, of doing mm-hmm. anything with a quarter of their cap space taken up by one player. That's, they can't make moves, but what they've done in the previous uh, two years has set the the floor, right, or, mm-hmm. or built the house for Jordan Love to just move right into. And he did look good. He did look good when
0: it, in, when he came in and in relieved Aaron Rodgers a couple of times this past season, particularly yeah. against the Philadelphia
2: Eagles. He had some zip on those passes. They, yeah. they look damn good. And well, see, the Packers, again, They they they've done this now for their entire run of mm-hmm. their organization they have planned for the they plan for the now they plan for the future all of their their entire existence and aaron rogers he wasn't paying attention
0: yeah uh, jordan love has been developed alex on a scale of one to ten how scared are you or uh, are you of jordan love and how how uh, on a scale of one to ten how do you think uh do, do you think this deal is going to take place or Or do you think it'll happen within before the draft on a scale of one to ten? What's your what's
1: okay? A couple of things to unpack here. Uh, Let's talk about Jordan Love first. My my uh, scare level with him, I'm at about a three. And the only reason I say about a three is let's wait till the regular season. If this guy starts, you know, ripping apart defenses and start and starts zipping balls like Aaron Rodgers used to do, I'm gonna get a little bit more nervous. But you know, I I'm a, I am am I'll believe it when I see it kind of guy. As far as will this deal get done <laughs> with the Packers and the Jets? Um will it be done soon to will it could it be done by the draft? Yes, I'll probably get a, I probably give probably give that a 7. Um, I mean, like just just because you know Aaron Rodgers is the single biggest diva in the entire National Football League. Um, not even Tom Brady was this divish, and uh, and the fact that you know he's he wants all these weapons and he wants to, you know he's got this hard line in the sand where it's though the Packers have this hard line in the sand too. You know, you're gonna give us these guys. You're gonna you're gonna do this, and then we can give them to you, and. You know, it's, uh, the Jets have to ask themselves, okay, do, does Zach Wilson really suck that bad? Does, Jack, does Joe Flacco really not that effective? Uh, you know, because we, we have Sauce, we have Garrett Wilson, you know, we, and Brees Hall should be coming back from his injury. You know, we have players, but do we really want to mortgage our future For a quarterback that may very well retire in the next two or three years. Because remember, this is the same, it's the exact same trajectory that Brett Hart, Brett, Brett Hart, Brett Favre took. He went to the Jets for a year, then he went to the Vikings for two years, then he retired. Do you think, okay, Scott, I'm going to shoot this back to you on a scale of one to 10, how closely will Aaron Rodgers' last few years in the league compare to Brett Favre's?
0: Oh, I think it's about a nine. Um, and and here's what I what I believe about Aaron Rodgers right now. You know, he goes over to the New York Jets, right? If if he does wind up over there, first of all, shame on the New York Jets for not. It, so, and and this is a headline that that caught my eye, and, and the reason we're we're talking Aaron Rodgers stuff first. Um, the Packers poet coach Matt Lafleur says he'd like to add some veteran leadership to the team's wide receiver room. Now, I just want to point out that in the last couple of weeks, the New York Jets dealt Elijah Moore. <laughs>
1: what the fuck are we doing here?
0: What are we doing here? You you dealt Elijah Moore. He, that that guy should have been a bargaining chip for the Green Bay Packers. Elijah Moore's a good receiver. And and you could have you could have dealt him and said here, you know, you got Elijah Moore. I know you just lost uh, Alan Lazard, but at least you get Elijah Moore out of the deal. You get a young good receiver you get some so you already have what Christian Watkins over there, or Watson, whatever the hell his name is. You have him over there, right? So, so why don't you go out, deal the receiver to him? I mean, at the very least, he becomes a number three for them. At the very minimum. That's I mean, that's just bottom of the barrel there. And and use him as a bargaining chip. Instead, they dealt him up to the Colts <laughs> or, the, or Browns. the Browns. It was the Browns. Yeah. And and they they you know, they get a couple of draft picks. Okay. So now they're struggling to to figure out this deal for Aaron Rodgers, and I feel like more would have been more of a bargaining chip for than the draft picks that they're continuously offering the Green Bay Packers. Uh, and I th- I don't think Aaron Rodgers, by any stretch of the imagination, is going to wind up in purple, you know, or or you know, he's definitely not going to the Bears. I mean, I I, I, I he'll never go to the Bears. but and obviously, I don't think he'll ever go to the Lions, but. Uh, will, will Aaron Rodgers wind up in purple? Doubtful. I think if he goes to the Jets, he ends his career with the Jets. Um, and and he just and and I think Aaron Rodgers is way more valuable than Zach Wilson. Obviously, Zach Wilson of course is garbage. Uh, we know he's hot garbage that that's been sitting out in the summer sun. You know, we we know that uh, Aaron Rodgers ten times the quarterback than Zach Wilson is. But you know, and, and that's an
1: understatement. Baker Mayfield's ten times the quarterback that Zach Wilson is.
0: And that's an understatement to, about Aaron Rodgers. You know, I, I just I think that that the Jets feel right now that they are one a uh, quarterback away, one great quarterback away from the Super Bowl, and I could see it. You know,
2: honestly, if if you get the right guy at the helm, to be honest. Well, here's what I all have always said about quarterbacks. What is the number one? Well, I'll ask you guys. What is the number one quality? Number one. Uh, what number one? What you need from a quarterback the most?
1: What is, in my in my opinion, you need you need to be able to read a defense.
2: Okay, and you leadership. You got, that's exactly yeah. Number one, my, yep. that's my number one requirement: leadership. Yep. So when you look at Zach Wilson, what kind of a leader is he? And he, he was the type of guy that was not taking responsibility when throughout was, throughout his tenure with the Jets. When you look at it, exactly, and what kind of leader? Has Aaron Rodgers shown himself to be in the last few seasons? He's the man. He is the man and he is going to take ownership of his team. But in the last couple of seasons, you're off doing whatever you're doing during training camp. Right. (laughs) You know, and you're not being, you're not with your team. So how can they look at you as the leader of the team when you're not there in the critical preseason that we needed you to be here? And he's, you know, developed a a (laughs) pattern. Recently, of that, so the leadership skill has diminished yeah. from Aaron Rodgers, from my perspective. Right. So, and I think the Packers recognize that, and <clears throat> I think they're going to try to go for those uh, draft picks that the Jets got from the oh, Browns. Yes. Oh yeah. You know, they're going to try and take all of them. Yeah. There's there's yeah. going to be there's going to be multiple first rounders
0: involved. There's yeah. going to be those draft picks. I, I think they what got a, a second and a third for him yeah. or something. And maybe
2: you know, maybe it's a, a, a couple next year, one or two in the next couple of years a yeah. first round draft pick. But we're gonna we're gonna at least get one this year, right? Yep. And maybe a, a couple of second or third rounders. And the Jets are gonna pay big for this. Yeah, they're gonna pay
0: big, but this these are those situations not where... gonna
2: it's not gonna turn out because they don't have the offensive line mm-hmm. infrastructure there right now to uh, support Aaron Rodgers, and
0: I don't. I, well, I don't know about all that. I mean, they they got they do have what Mackay Becton over there. They've got Elijah Vera Tucker over there. Both those guys had very good seasons. They they've been and as long as Mackay Becton and the big thing for him is staying healthy. And, um, and is, is we it, haven't seen it. Yeah, but I want to see if if Becton can stay healthy, and and you're talking about Elijah Vera Tucker can stay healthy.
2: I, I like that. Line. And if those guys go down, which typically they do. Scary. They yeah. just don't have what it takes to, you know, to replenish that. Right. Whereas the Packers, who have always drafted well with the offensive line, yes. they had Plan B for Aaron Rodgers if if Plan A, you know, uh, goes down on the offensive line. So,
0: yeah, I I think um, I do think this deal is going to happen sooner rather than later. To be honest with you, I think it happens uh, maybe in the next week or two. I know the the talks stalled out. The Jets are literally doing everything to make this happen. <laughs> um, then and to the point where they did sign former Packer quarterback Tim Boyle to a one year deal, the backup for Aaron Rodgers. Um, so they signed Aaron Rodgers, uh, Packer backup there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And
0: it's not to say that Tim Boyle is actually a good quarterback because
2: he's not. Does he's he? not. <laughs> He was Roger's right hand man when in those prime years. Yep, he was also, if I'm not mistaken, a former Detroit Lion. Yes, he was.
0: Yeah, so, Alex, I know you you know all about Tim Boyle and um,
1: uh, who <laughs> his, <laughs> his
0: his his disastrous uh, uh, time there in Detroit. So the, there's that. But yeah, Tim Boyle is now over there with the Jets. They're just trying to entice this as much as possible to make it happen. Um, but I do think that'll that'll go on. Uh, speaking of the Lions, the uh, Alex or Detroit Lions made a move. They they go out and they lost DJ Chark in free agency, obviously. Um, and and we got to see uh, DJ Chark swing out to the Carolina Panthers on a one-year, three-point-two-five million dollar deal. Uh, first of all, let's talk about that real quick. They lose DJ Chark, um, and that'll segue into our next thing. DJ Chark, three-point-two-five. I think the the Panthers got a good deal there. They they sign a, a solid. A guy who's capable, honest to God, capable of being a number one. And, and he right. showed that in Jacksonville. We got to see J, DJ Chark be a number one. And then he goes to Detroit. He winds up as a number three. And now he's getting 3.25 with Carolina. Carolina is, is trying to kind of piece together their wide receiver room
2: after losing DJ Moore. And uh, here we are.
3: Mm.
2: DJ Chark, not DJ Moore. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, here's, DJ, here's what I believe about DJ Chark. He's a, he's a very good vertical receiver. Yeah. He has a little trouble tracking the football. Yes, from, he does. Um, but um, he's also shown himself recently to be a little susceptible to injuries and soft tissue mm-hmm. things. So that right there would give me a little bit of pause. But, hey, get your checks when you can get them. Right? And this shows the Carolina Panthers are probably looking at quarterback. Again, hey, let's get the quarterback, a guy that can get down the field, get vertical, and – when all else fails, hey, throw the deep ball.
0: Yeah, and and
2: the the guy
0: who stands out in that situation and continues to to now that the combine has taken place, obviously we're talking C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud has has been the guy that's been uh, most linked to the Panthers. D.J. Chark. Let's not forget he was, if I'm not mistaken, a thousand yard receiver at one point for Jacksonville. At yeah, one at one point. So he's so very good. He, he had he had a thousand yard season over there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I might be wrong, but I, I'd have to look, to look it up. I think he did. Uh, Alex, DJ Chark, I mean, obviously, you know about this guy, special receiver, you guys had him in Detroit. Um, he actually, uh, had some pretty standout moments for you this last season in particular uh, in spite of the injuries and whatnot, when he was in games, he was a factor. Am I wrong?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. You're, you're not wrong there. I know that he had a, he got one of the game balls, uh, for, I, I forget which week it was though. Uh, I mean, he, he's, he's definitely a, he's been a journeyman wide receiver and he, you know, he, he obviously, I think he, I first heard about him when he was at the giants, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> just trying, I'm trying to remember where I first heard of him, you know, so we definitely lost a tool. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, if we, dra- if we draft a wide receiver or get another f- wide receiver, which you might be talking about here in a second, um, you know, I don't think all is lost, and you know, good good on Carolina for getting you know a guy that's capable of being a number one and kind of like so it could be a one A one B situation, <coughs> similar to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle in Florida. So you know, you got D, you got you got DJ Moore and DJ Chart. You know, could be one A one B down there. What do you what do you think about that?
0: Well, DJ Moore got got shipped out obviously to the the oh. uh, Chicago Bears, but they do have Adam Thielen
2: now over there, which is. Mm. A big free agent pickup. Veteran, yep. and now you've got a veteran receiver yep. who can the uh the hash marks and, and sometimes go outside if you need to, but you know, but Adam Thielen will know where the quarterback needs to go with the football, and he would be a, the security blanket of CJ Stroud at the receiver position. Yeah, and I think that's I think what, what Carolina is, is looking yeah. for. There. And that's the kind of guy, look, speaking of the Packers real quick, that's the kind of receiver that you will want to bring into that Packer wide receiver room, but Adam Thielen would definitely play that. Yeah, well, and it actually,
0: you know, I don't know that Thielen would have never paid, played for the Packers, even though he's a Minnesota native. Yeah. Him, him and Aaron Rodgers are buddies. And I'm. I look
2: a, at you with the yeah, inside in. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Adam Thielen right. and Aaron Rodgers, good buddies. They, right. they talk all the time. And, you know, like, it, a lot of speculation <laughs> was happening when Adam Thielen was out on the market that he was going to wind up going to, to Green Bay. Uh, and they were going to try and keep uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers in town. Uh, Thielen goes to Carolina. DJ Chark goes over there. I love this signing, to be honest with you. I I think it's great. I think DJ Chark is capable of being a number one. Uh, As you said, Alex, I I think he's, he's completely capable. Um, But, you know, will he wind up being a number one? Who knows? You know, I I do think that, you know, they, they lost DJ Moore, who is a very good receiver, but they get two receivers in return and they get to be able to spread the ball out a little more. You can, you can uh, kind of spread out a defense here, and and yeah. you know make really force him to look away from
2: just one receiver. You know, because for a while it was just DJ Moore, and that was that. Well, they got two young guys. She's uh, Shai Smith. Yep, out of South Carolina. I really like his talent, and um, he can be Ter- built. Yeah, and Terrace Marshall Jr. Yep, he's been there a, a couple, couple two or three years now, and it hadn't quite developed just quite yet but he's on the he's on the way up but he had
0: a few big games terrence marshall did
2: yeah terrence marshall there were there were some moments where
0: you took a step back and you were like hey look look at this guy i i saw some some big moments from that guy um i like him a lot terrence marshall i think he's i like
2: him he was on that lsu team that uh won the championship with joe burrow and Mm -hmm. and uh Jamar Chase. Chase. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then also, but the Lions, they, they make up for and the Justin
2: loss. Jefferson.
0: And Justin yes, Jefferson. Yes, the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, so Terrence yep. Marshall
2: was the third receiver on that team.
0: Yep. Now, uh, the, the Lions, they make up for that situation. And I think they did it in, in a big way, to be honest with you. They go out and sign uh, wide receiver Marvin Jones to a one-year, $3 million deal. I know a lot of people weren't thrilled about this move. I, I get it. Um, because... Marvin Jones is an older receiver, but
2: Marvin Jones is still an effective receiver. And you want to talk yes. about what did we just say about DJ chart? Yep. Having trouble locating the deep ball, right? Marvin Jones has never had trouble no. locating the deep ball. And he's a, he's a threat in the red zone all the time. Yep. He, and it, and it, it, I know he started out with the Bengals, but it feels like he's coming home. Yeah. With yeah. Detroit.
1: He, 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 he's had the experience in Detroit. You know, and he, so he's, he should be familiar with system, even, even though it's Dan Campbell, <clears throat> and uh, what's the offensive coordinator's name? Uh, it's it, it might be a different system, but it, it's but you know Marvin Jones definitely has the tools to uh, succeed in Detroit.
0: I actually think this is a better fit for Marvin Jones. I, I like Marvin Jones a lot. I I liked him a lot when he was in Cincinnati. A lot of folks thought he was going to wind up being a number one in Cincinnati, and it didn't it didn't turn out. But then you know he winds up going over to uh, Detroit. Has a few good years in Detroit. Ends up as a, a basically a career number two in Detroit. I mean that's yeah. what it was. He went to Jacksonville. They expected him to be a number one. He didn't pan out as a number one.
2: Kind of played as a number two, maybe even a number three receiver at times. But he all always delivered when when uh, Trevor Lawrence went to him.
0: Yep, and and one thing about Marvin Jones, like like DJ Chark, I think is is somewhat in the same mold as Marvin Jones. Where I think that they are some of the more high-end number two, number three yeah. receivers out there. Yeah, these are two of those high-end guys. Where, where, like, you know, they're they're not going to be a high-end one. If they are a one, they're going to be a really low-end one. Yeah. But but these are like high-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three, like players, depending on the roster that they end up on. Jones winds up in Detroit, obviously. Jameson Williams is is going to wind up in in getting a much larger role this year than he saw oh, last oh, year. Oh, oh man, uh, yeah. you know. And then you, when you're talking about Amon Ross Saint Brown, who Tearing has been the middle, apart. yeah, who has been something. It, and it, I I get so proud every time we talk about Amon Ross Saint Brown because right here on this show, uh, uh, Tyler, before he left, you know, we we were talking about Amon Ross Saint Brown, and we were talking about how that guy is going to be a stud. And we kept saying this guy is going to be a steal in this draft at some I point. Loved him at USC. Yeah. He goes to, to Detroit, what round four. And, and he winds up being an absolute
2: steal. And we saw yeah.
0: it coming a mile away. The yeah. guy blows up at the end of the year. And they're
2: like, well, look at that. Mm-hmm. Well, look who
0: called that mm-hmm.
2: shit. And he was disturbed or disturbed, the, the straw that stirred the drink yep. in that offense. Yeah. Yep, he yep. was removed for that off from the offense. Uh, for those, you know, for that what game or game and a half or whatever, you could tell the difference in how the Detroit offense just didn't run the same right. without him.
0: Right. And I, I think I'm in Ross St. Brown, uh Jamison Williams and now Marvin Jones. I think that's going to be a really great combo. Just like I think I, I really do think Adam Thielen, DJ Chark's going to be a great combo. The question is is who's actually going to be the number one between
2: Thielen and Chark? The question is how many games are each of those game guys going to miss? Because that's one thing that's been a an know, issue for Jones, issue yeah. for, for chark and it's been an issue for Thielen. But here's and Marvin Jones, he hasn't really missed time. He's been very durable. I mean, for yeah, I I, I think he's been durable. There there he's have missed been some, time early in his Detroit yeah, career, but, yeah. but ever since then he he's been durable. It's just they went away from him in Jacksonville later in the year, mm-hmm. and they went more towards say Jones and and uh, Christian. Uh, Christian Kirk. Christian and, Kirk. Yeah, yeah, Evan Ingram as well. And Ingram. Yeah. They yeah. just, you know, develop more of an offensive role within that system. And Marvin Jones was kind of, you know, odd man out. But he's still very good. Yeah, I think, I think Detroit's going to see an
0: uptick in touchdown production there. Uh, especially, I mean, Jared Goff loves throwing the ball to those big-bodied receivers in the red zone. And now they have Marvin Jones, who's actually a big dude. I don't think people realize how big that guy is. He's actually a big dude. So, I mean, the the Lions, I, I think this was a great uh, – sort of a one-for-one, one, really, as far
1: yeah, as – that, That's – yep, that, a lateral move. You know, yeah. uh, I totally agree with that assessment.
0: Yeah, it's a one-for-one. One. The only downside – like I said, and it's like we were talking about, Marvin Jones is a little bit old. We're talking about a guy in his 30s here, whereas DJ Chark, I think, is, what, 26, 27 years old.
2: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're – But he's got a 34-year-old's uh, –
0: Body. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the turbine. chart, chart yeah. needs to figure out the durability yeah. issue uh, of the whole thing. So, I mean that that's going to be uh, uh, an interesting thing to see, to say the least. But uh, we're getting fired up for that. Um, we got some. Uh, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers stuff. We we do have some Lamar Jackson stuff going on here as well. Uh, <laughs> Baltimore Ravens. We got to talk about this a little bit. Uh, first of all. You know the the Ravens are still making moves, um, but we'll, we'll we'll talk about those in a minute. But Lamar Jackson came out and said he requested a trade. It was like uh, weeks prior, uh, a few weeks back, and it was it made headline news. That he requested a trade, and and he was pointing it out on Twitter that he wanted a trade and all this other stuff. Um, he says that he requested the trade because the Ravens are quote unquote not interested in meeting my value is is his exact terminology. You know. Uh, I really believe that Lamar Jackson overvalues himself. I do.
1: I believe Kinda like that, Dak Prescott.
0: Yeah. I, I believe that Lamar Jackson somewhere. He, he see, and, and that, that's and it's interesting to bring that up, Alex, because I think that Dak Prescott actually completely screwed up the quarterback market. I really do. There is no reason why Dak Prescott should have been getting 45 million. No reason. No reason for that. There's no reason why Kyler Murray should have gotten the money that he got. Those two guys are two unproven players that haven't won
2: dick in their career. Let's be real. Let's call it what it is. They have not won anything. Because those big contracts state, what have you done for me? and What are you going to do for me in the future? Yeah. What have you done for me? And what will you do for me? That's where those big contracts are where those two meet. Yes. Right? the result and the expectation meet with those big contracts and with those particular two quarterbacks that hasn't panned out
0: it hasn't and and they they've gotten these big money contracts Dak Prescott screws up the market Lamar Jackson now but and, and do i think Lamar Jackson is better or worth more than Dak Prescott absolutely but is Lamar Jackson worth 40 or worth uh, 50 million 50 million absolutely not and that's the problem the Dallas Cowboys went out and overpaid Dak Prescott, screwed up the market, and now here we are talking about Lamar Jackson asking for Cleveland fifty Browns, million. Yeah. And Cleveland and,
2: and, and Cleveland Browns paying for what they paying what they did. Yes, for, for
1: Deshaun Watson.
2: There you go. Yep. Another unproven talent. There you there don't you go. Yeah. He, uh, so,
1: see Denver Broncos, uh Russell Wilson, see Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith.
2: Here's the thing, what, with Russ, you could you could almost forgive it because hey, the guy got a Super Bowl and he's got right. a, a, another Super Bowl appearance, <laughs> and he has done you know wonderful things in the playoffs. Brought his I remember when they when he brought his team back after throwing what three interceptions yep. in the first half, come back against the Packers and beat them and beat, in yep. in Seattle. So. You know, we've seen Russell Wilson turn it on and, and be the guy and we've seen in his, his whole career. We haven't seen that from Dak Prescott. We haven't seen that from Kyler Murray. We haven't seen that from Lamar Jackson. Right. And and there are occasions. Look, look, I've seen Lamar
0: do some amazing things. But, things. but when when the rubber hits the road, mm-hmm. when, we're, when we're talking about playoff football, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson is not there. He, he not does there. not show up. And that's the big thing.
2: Well, literally uh, didn't show up this past yeah yeah.
0: Like just said, fuck it. I'm I'm not getting paid my money. You know, go enjoy Tyler Huntley, and that's what he did. And and yeah. he'll he'll never admit that. Obviously, obviously for us that's speculation, but that's what we feel. That's what we see. That's our you know. And to to us, to the three of us sitting here, in our opinion, it's it's obvious. To, yeah. to and Lamar came out and said, "Oh well, I was hurt and da 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 da." I'm sorry. I, I to me. I think that's bullshit. I, I think that's bullshit, uh, like to the the umpteenth degree. That's absolute ridiculousness. I, I, I that guy wasn't injured. I don't care what <laughs> he has to say. My opinion, he wasn't injured, and okay. and that that's one of those. It's like, no, bro, you were mad because you didn't get paid fifty million dollars. That's all that was
2: to me. I got it, and okay. he and he needs to understand that the the Ravens have never paid that type of money for their for their quarterbacks, and again. We've seen what you've done. Right. What can you do for us in the future? And what we've seen of what you what you have done, you've done great. But Lamar's not a high level passer. Right. And when it and and as you just said, I've and I've, I've said that I've watched Lamar Jackson since the first snap. His first snap at the University mm-hmm. of Louisville, and I said this guy is special. But when it came time to to stand in the pocket and deliver the ball accurately consistently and win the game he has not done it
0: yeah he hasn't and one thing I will say is from year one to year two and I know Alex you were on the show for this year one to year two the the accuracy went up in in and he he became a much better passer down the line but is he of that elite level no I don't think so Alex what I mean you 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 heard us say this this exact thing on this show, is, is Lamar Jackson an elite passer yet? <laughs> no,
1: he, he's an elite running back, but he's not an elite passer. Right. If you if you could try to compare Lamar Jackson to Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes wins all day. Yes. Who are they? Who gets all the commercials? Who gets all the money? Who is the sweetheart of the NFL? That's right. Patrick Mahomes. Why? Because he can throw passes to anyone on his roster, to, you know, whether it's to Travis Kelsey whether it's to Cavarius, uh, Tony, uh, you know, you know the list goes on and on. You know, yes, Lamar Jackson is a good player. Yes, he is a great running back. He he can he he is one of the most mobile quarterbacks we've ever seen in the modern era. But can you can you bomb it when you need to? Can you Brett Farve it when you need to? Can you Aaron Rodgers it when you need to? And <laughs> the answer is no.
0: And that's, that's an interesting point, Alex, that you, that you bring up. I don't
2: know that Lamar has that clutch gene. Yeah, no. In this modern era, like as you said, Alex, you still, the NFL, it's still a quarterback's league, and you, it's still, you have to deliver the ball yeah. from the pocket consistently in the NFL to succeed at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many yards you run for. Dan Marino ran for what? Less than fifteen yards of his, his entire career, <laughs> or something like that. But he's got, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, right? Not saying Lamar won't be in the Hall of Fame, but Dan Marino consistently delivered the ball accurately from the pocket when when necessary, and, and Super Bowl appearances to show for it. It had to show, mm-hmm. and, and Lamar just
1: and an and an undefeated team
2: yeah, on top of that has not done that. He he, he just he just hasn't. So, you know, sorry. Yeah, it, it, it is what it is at this point. And now we talk about the durability issue because of the, the running and, and of, of what he's had, the punishment. He hasn't taken a ton of hits, mind you, but the hits that he has taken has accumulated and they're taking their toll. Yeah, because and, he's missed multiple games now in multiple years. But then there's silly, stupid shit that he does, too. You know,
0: front flipping yeah. in the end zone yeah. or whatever else. That, yeah. And he got hurt doing that. I mean, that yeah. was on par with Farad headbutting and, a wall. Freda and the fumble. Come on, man. Yep. Take care of the ball. Yep. Please. So I don't. I don't know that Lamar is ever going to get that fifty million. And then on top of it,
2: you know, because and teams the, rarely your value rarely meets what the team thinks your value is. Right. What you think your value is rarely meets what the team thinks your value is. Look, that's why you have an agent to mediate those things. Yes, yeah, but he doesn't want an agent. You know, and that's that's the
0: big another big issue for him. So I mean, it's it's become a shit show. Um, but the Ravens are trying to, to do everything they can to still, I mean, they're, they're operating as though Lamar is going to be there anyway, uh, and they do go out and they kind of do him a favor if he does stick around. They go out and sign wide receiver Nelson Aguilar to a one-year deal. I actually, so I like Nelson Aguilar, believe it or not. Uh, former first-round guy, had very big flashes where, where there were stretches of like five to six games where Nelson Aguilar really stood out. And then he would just disappear. You know, he's a very streaky player as far as, like, what he gets done. Um, I think Nelson Aguilar, this would actually probably be the best system for him. He's been in that, that wide receiver graveyard in New England, right? I mean, it was there's garbage out there. He was in the wide receiver graveyard with the, the Raiders, right? Garbage out there. And he was – now here we are, Nelson Aguilar. He goes over to the, the Baltimore Ravens. Forget about the Eagles. Oh yeah, he was in that that dumpster fire at the time, right? At the time, that was a dumpster fire. He was the only receiver they really had. He got picked up 14th overall, got thrust into the number one wide receiver spotlight. There, that was a disaster. I, I he's mean,
2: not a number one
0: receiver. He's a slot receiver, and he's. Uh, <sighs> I I think
2: Nelson it's Aguilar fourth, is he, what fourth, 15 now, Fourth team at least. Yes, is 14 in the last what? Eight, seven, eight years that he has. It only been eight, maybe <laughs> seven, eight years because four teams in seven, eight years—that's a lot of teams mm-hmm. in that amount of time. I think Nelson Aguilar hasn't been utilized properly and correctly.
0: I, I do think he does like, like much like Lamar, have an injury bug that has struck him in certain times.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But realistically, I, I do think that
2: that this will probably be a better fit for him, and plus, they need <sighs> another receiver there in Baltimore. It's like cash and creative, right? What, yep. what, what do the guys want in the, biz- in the wrestling business? Cash and creative. What does what, what it boil down to? Cash and creative. Mm-hmm. Well, what does it boil down to for, for, for receivers or any position? Team and scheme. Right. Right. So if you go to the right team, you go to the right scheme, you can produce and you can you know, deliver. If you don't get drafted to the right team and scheme, your talents may not be utilized to the best of their ability. I get that. Baltimore may be the spot, though. I mean, like, oh, if you, well, let's hope so. If,
0: if you remember, Baltimore for a little while there, they had a, a strange cast of wide receivers that went to a Super Bowl. You remember, yeah. we had we had Anquan Bolden as the number one, was a career number two with the,
2: the Arizona Cardinals. One of the all time greats, Anquan Bolden. Give yeah.
0: me that. Uh, I, see, I'm not a big Anquan Bolden. Guy. I love the I Anquan was. Bolden. And then, and then he caught, they, every,
2: he caught everything.
0: And then behind him, they had who? Mohamed Sanu was the guy behind him.
2: And, and <laughs> Great professional, yeah. a, a solid professional receiver. He, yep, but he was he was
0: a number two, number three guy. But he was a strange cast, and and he didn't he didn't pan out over there in Cincinnati. Nelson Aguilar. I mean, I, I don't mind this pickup. He, he Mohamed Sanu. He didn't do a ton in Baltimore, but he was good enough. To be a good number two, number three receiver when he needed it.
2: Well, Nelson Aguilar, keep getting those
0: checks, yes. as, as Jalen Rose would say. <laughs> Alex, don't you don't get any touchdowns. Alex, you you like Nelson Aguilar?
1: Yeah, he's a he's a decent player. You know, um, I I haven't followed his career enough to really get a get a deep feel on the guy, but you know, he's obviously he's obviously been around you know for many years. You know what's uh, great.
0: He's a former first round pick and, and you not, and a lot of people just like you don't follow him that closely because he hasn't made headline news.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Right. Exactly. I mean, if he's a number, yeah, people were going nuts about you. you, Just like you said, He's a number one pick, but like, what'd he do? (laughs) Like, I I think, you know, sometimes, you know, as long as, as long as you can, uh, I was I was gonna use the I was gonna use the phrase move in silence. You know that that's what this sounds like. It it, it sounds like N- Nelson Aguilar is one of those guys that moves in silence. That you know just hey I'm here and I'm I'm putting up numbers, but but he's not world he's not world breaking anything. Nobody's really you know dancing on dancing on dancing on sunshine thinking of signing the guy. Uh, but you know uh, it's it's. You know, it's just one of those things.
0: Yeah, I, I like Nelson Aguilar uh, in this position because Baltimore, they they utilize these strange receivers in a big way. His biggest season was 896 yards when he was out in Vegas back in 2020. He had eight touchdowns in that season. Um, um, before that, it was Philadelphia. He had 768 yards and eight touchdowns in that season. So he does get in the end zone quite a bit if he's used properly. I do think, uh, you know, John Harbaugh has a weird way of using – weird players to be successful. Um, we've seen it over the years, honestly. I mean, we, we've seen him do it. Um, this could be one of those times where, where you got a guy has a career resurgence there with Baltimore. Um, one guy who won't have a career resurgence in Baltimore, though, is Calais Campbell. He has left the Ravens. He goes and signs a one-year deal. Well, he got released by the Ravens. But he goes and signs a one-year deal with the Hotlanta Falcons. Uh, Atlanta gets themselves a great defensive end. Uh, Calais Campbell is a special player. Uh The fact that Baltimore let him walk, I mean, I get it to an extent because Baltimore has two good edge rushers over there, Adafi Owe. I mean, like these, these are good players. And
2: David Ojabo. Yeah, David Ojabo. Uh, those guys got to step up because you're losing, as we just uh, spoke about the quarterback, you're losing leadership, veteran leadership, yeah. positive veteran leadership that permeates you know, throughout the locker room and the entire organization. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, we're talking about Calais Campbell, one of my favorite players of all time in the NFL.
0: I, I like Calais Campbell. I thought this was a big loss for the Ravens. Uh, they go out and, you know, to the Ravens' credit, and and they, they have two solid edge guys there over there with Adafi Owe, who in his rookie season, if you remember, and, and Alex, I'm sure you do, he wound up on our uh, top ten rookies. Uh, he wound up, I think he was number eight or seven, He wound up as one of our top 10 rookies on this show. And then also, uh, I know you know a thing or two about old David Ojabo over there. Uh, Ojabo was, you know, I I wasn't big on Ojabo when he came Um, out. (laughs) I wasn't big on David Ojabo. I I really, I I thought he was uh, uh, sort of a flash in the pan kind of guy. He came into Michigan. He had one good year there. Wound up being a, a number one or a, a first round projection gets hurt as it at his uh, pro day falls yep. down the board a little bit gets picked up so it kind of became a, a low risk high reward situation oh, yeah. for the Ravens. Oh yeah, um, if he stays healthy, I, I, I he has a chance. But my, my big thing about David Ajabo is that there's a lack of of tape there. There's a lack of uh, um, I don't want to say consistency. But there's a lack of, of production, I guess you could say, of, of, of over time. Well, he but,
2: started playing football late. Yeah. Right? But when he got on the field, his the, the effect was immediate. You know, Aiden Hutchinson probably wouldn't have been as effective as he was at Michigan if he didn't have David Ojabo on the other side causing right. wrecking havoc. Right. 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 Because
1: he... that, that's where that's where the, the, the tape come. That's where the accolades come in. And that's where people got got all fired up. But here's the thing. He doesn't have an Aiden Hudson to, to bounce things off of. And, and conversely, oddly enough, Aiden Hutchinson has found him, his success in Detroit alongside Malcolm Rodriguez. Yeah. So, you know, so Aiden Hutchinson transitioned to the NFL, not necessarily David Ojabo. Yeah.
0: And I want it I want sounds to... like. I, I want to see if Ojabo can can translate. Obviously, you know, like I said, he did suffer oh. that that nasty. What was it? I think it was an ACL tear. Yeah. Uh, at his at his uh, um, at his pro day, and and it was unfortunate, you know, out that at the Michigan pro day. But at the end of the day, and and by the way, that was one of the saddest things I'd ever seen. By yeah. the way, he goes down, and these trainers just stand there like, well, and they just leave him there, like a <laughs> like a horse that just broke yeah. his leg. Well, yeah. Well, uh, somebody put a bullet in him. Let's well, just let's go about our business. You know, that was, that was sadder than hell. But it, he uh, he does go to the Ravens, and, um, you know, he. he I want
2: to see if Ojabo is, is going to wind up being that that next Calais Campbell type. I think he'll be excellent. And the Ravens are one of the smartest organizations in the league, and they would not have re- let Calais Campbell walk yeah. if they didn't have a plan. Either David Ojabo was going to be healthy or they're going to go into the draft and supplant that. With another, because there's edge rushers aplenty yes. in this in this draft, defensive linemen plenty in this year's draft. So I think the uh, Ravens are going to be just fine with David Ojabo. And if yeah. not, hey, they know what they're doing in the draft. We yeah, know this. Yeah, we we do, and and we know
0: Miles Murphy is going to be out there. Zach Harrison, uh, BJ Ojolari,
2: Will McDonald. Ooh. You know, I mean, we, we, don't forget about the Blue Lake B team, Jose Ramirez. The junior for Hoko. Yeah, I mean, uh, Felix, and and,
0: and uh, this one's always fun, and Udike Uzoma. Uh, God bless you. Yeah. Will
3: McDonald.
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, Will McDonald will be out there. I mean, we're going to have some some great players going on um, in this draft, so so the Ravens are going to have some uh Habakkuk a-
1: Maldonado. Maldonado. Out
2: of Pittsburgh, right? <laughs>
1: <Habakuk>. <laughs> where, do they, where do they come up with these names?
2: Abba <laughs> cook,
0: but uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see what the Ravens can can accomplish here. I mean, they are one of the more defensively competent uh, teams out there. We can say, yeah. so uh, they, they're gonna have themselves a good time. Uh, next up, speaking of of uh, well, well, we'll talk about this real quick. Speaking of the Falcons, because they they did pick up Calais Campbell, which I thought was smart, but here comes some incompetence here. Uh, head coach, Arthur Smith, who we have uh, expressed our disdain for on this show on several occasions, he says he feels comfortable with Desmond Ritter as quarterback, and he is not particularly interested in pursuing Lamar Jackson at all. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, are you comfortable with Desmond Ritter at quarterback? I'm sure as hell not.
2: Mm. Man, can no. I just say, you are smooth as Pepto-Bismol with these transitions to the next <laughs> player. <to> the next. <laughs> To the next step, but I got to say, uh, Desmond Ritter, third rounder, he was not ready last year when we saw him in those uh, few handful of games at the end of the year. He he didn't seem ready for me. He was not uh, finding the the receivers in mm-hmm. the proper how it was how the offense and, and the plays were supposed to be laid out. He was inaccurate. I uh, was not able to read the defenses properly. He wasn't ready. If Arthur Smith thinks that he is, you know. I mean, we'll see how it works out. I haven't really worked out all that well, for third rounders. Yeah, but uh, Desmond mm-hmm. he, hes a—he's a—he's a good leader, and if you can just keep him insulated, keep him protected, he can produce. And and just don't give him too much, right? Right now, don't give him too much, but but give him some weapons because he's not elite. Yeah. Right. He, so we kind of need a lot of of weapons and infrastructure.
0: Not by any stretch of the imagination is he elite. Uh, Alex, you, know. Ritter, uh, you you think he's uh, uh, bust he, the quarterback here?
1: Definitely bust worthy. Uh, less elite than Ryan Tannehill, and that says something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, we we've bagged on Arthur Smith all through, all almost every week last week last year on the outside blitz, and and it continues now. You know, it's it's almost as bad as Frank Reich deciding to bench Matt Ryan for what's his nuts in Indianapolis. Uh, so, <laughs> so you know, you know, if you have the cap space and you have the resources, why the heck do you not try to go get Lamar, even if he is not valued at fifty million dollars? Get pay the man and see if he can you know give your team a shot in the arm. You know, you'll you boost ticket sales because everybody's going to want their Lamar uh, uh, Atlanta jerseys. Yeah. Maybe or maybe not. Uh, but, you know, but the fact that... I, mean, I guess I could understand not going after Lamar if the price was too high. Okay, you're asking for too much money. We, we're going to move on some... That's, if, if Arthur Smith would have even just said that, you know, well, we we thought about taking Lamar Jackson, but we don't have enough money. That makes sense. Me, You saying... We're proud and we're ready to go with Desmond Ritter. Uh, okay, uh, have fun going. Um, have fun going seven and ten next year.
2: And, and the the other thing that gets me about this is Didn't they bring in Taylor Heineke. Yeah, they did. So they mm. bring somewhat of a, of a veteran to uh, you know. To well, it's, it's a it's a
1: it's a good, it's a decent move.
0: Yeah, it's a good move. But I, I just I obviously I don't think either of those guys. Even though I like t- Taylor Heineke and players play for him. Uh, I, I obviously don't think that he's the the future of of a franchise, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the case at all. <laughs> but uh, that that is um, just an interesting situation over there. Uh, speaking of Atlanta, the Steelers do sign a former Atlanta Falcon this week. Uh, they signed safety Keanu Neal to a two year deal. Uh, Neal's been around. He he left left Atlanta, went over to Dallas. I've played a couple years in Dallas where they they go ahead and they transition in from safety to linebacker, back to safety, back to linebacker, and they kind of played the hokey pokey with him for a little bit there. Keanu Neal comes back over here. Uh, I think this is a good signing two-year deal for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. They do need a safety. I think this might be a smart move. Keanu Neal, big hitter. Keanu Neal from?
2: I don't remember where he's from.
1: From? The Ohio State? No. Sorry.
2: Is he from Florida. Go Gators!
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, Keanu Neal, big hitting safety though. I, he he excellent signing. Yeah, it was good signing uh, on a two year deal, of very minimal money. Um, he's a big hitting guy. He likes to create turnovers. Likes to create fumbles. Likes to strip the ball strip the ball out. He's not a ball hawk by any stretch of the imagination. No,
2: he's he's your typical in the box safety. Yep. but he makes plays and he uh, uh and and he's a a, a, a part. He's something you someone you gotta consider on the defense when you start drawing up your plays on yeah. offense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree. He's he's a, a big nasty guy. Uh run support safety primarily. Yes. Uh he's not your guy that's gonna get after the quarterback. He's that guy that's gonna diagnose, hit, and and end a play. Yeah. That's that's his job, that's his goal, that's what he does best. Yeah. Um so better
2: Thielen, watch out.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right.
2: Hayden Hurst. Watch, Watch out. out!
0: Yeah, yeah. These these guys uh, and and the Steelers, you know, they needed a safety over there. They get their guy. I think this is an excellent compliment to the ball hawking of Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah. I, I think that's a brilliant signing. You get the ball hawk. Now you've got a run defender safety, uh, a real big strong safety. Essentially, it's it's a really uh, a nice little one two
2: punch there, if you if you will. Old school deep. Old school type of a defensive build. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Alex, you, you know how much I like uh, Keanu Neal. I've always been big on Keanu Neal um, since he came into the league and I got to see him hit a couple of guys and said, Ooh, (laughs) that's a good player. Uh, What do you think of this? I think this is an excellent signing for the Steelers.
1: I mean, it sounds good to me too. I mean, like you said, you know, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense over the years has not been very good. So need, they need—they need all the help they can get. And if this kid knows how to—if this guy knows how to hit, then <laughs> I say sign me up.
0: Yeah, yeah. The last couple of years have been rough for the Steelers uh, on the defensive side of the ball, outside of unless your name's T.J. Watt,
1: you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's line. the only player on their team. Yep.
2: When yeah. When Watt was on of lineup, you know, you could you could tell, you know, that it was a different type of a defense. But Micah Fitzpatrick being able to turn game you know turn the game side he was when they when the when when they got him from the dolphins for basically nothing Nothing. i said man the steelers one of the top again one of the top organizations in the nfl done a wonderful job drafting developing and always always competing right right? they're always a threat to uh, the most credible threat in the nfl is the Steelers to any team, any Sunday, any Monday, Thursday, whatever you want, to, whenever the game is, you got to watch out for the Steelers because they know how to play football.
0: Yeah, T.J. Watt not being on the field killed them for a little bit there. They they do have so so the last couple of years they haven't had a very good defense. This past year they did wind up top ten uh, because of T.J. Watt being in. But one thing I will say is when T.J. Watt went out, they suffered.
3: Camp and Hayward all
0: yeah yeah and and they suffered. Yeah. And, and then what they what they're doing here and, and what I think they're, they're trying to execute here is they're trying to have Keanu Neal, who is that kind of safety hybrid type of player uh, where he can also play a linebacker position. That way they know they still have a big hitter, a big run stuffer, sort of a playmaker. And they're getting him on a dime, which yeah. is which is really nice. It's a, it's a smart move by the Steelers. I, I appreciate their their uh, uh, mindset there. So that's that's a, a good signing. Uh, overall, by
2: them and letting Cam Sutton go, what's the chances they're going to go get Joey Porter Jr.?
0: No, I think it's actually pretty high. Man, I, I do really think.
2: Wouldn't that be just wonderful? Yeah.
0: The only the only way that they don't get the, the only way the Vikings don't get Joey Porter Jr., which I think that they're actually staring him down right now, is if they either a go receiver or b the Steelers take him away from them. So I mean, that's right. Right. It's headed. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to wind up being a, a crazy situation over there. Um, elsewhere around that division, we got to talk about this elephant in the room, the Bengals running back, Joel Mixon. He's been recharged after a, uh, the investigation by the Cincinnati police stemming from that aggravated menacing charge that we talked about a few weeks ago that was originally filed after Mixon was seen on tape, pointing a gun at a woman's head and telling her you should be popped in the face. I should shoot you. Uh, this is an, a misdemeanor, obviously, in the the uh, state of Cincinnati. So he's not going to get hit with a felony. But uh, I think we're going to be talking about suspensions here soon, right?
1: Unfortunately, you know, and, and you know, the NFL should not have. I believe the NFL has, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a zero talent tolerance policy on uh, situations like this. I know uh, for for extreme uh, <clears throat> violent situations, for sure. I mean, you know, we've seen this before. You know, we've seen this with Ray Rice, you know, uh, that's the first, I mean, that's the first player we can compare this with. Uh, yeah. You, there has to be a suspension. Uh, you know, how many games is it that, you know, time will tell and the league will have to investigate, but you know, expect your boy to be off the field for the first couple of games of 2023.
0: Yeah. I think, I think Mixon is going to wind up being off the field. I, I don't really, I mean, w- I think we're talking about a four to six game suspension, to be perfectly honest with you. They're not just going to, you know, like, I mean, the thing about it is, is, well, yes, he's pointing the gun and, and doing what he's doing. There's also like, this isn't a situation where it's like Ray Rice knocking out his wife in an elevator. You know, it's, it, this is not a situation mm-hmm. of of uh, um, Kareem Hunt beating up a stripper, you know, and, no. and you know, like, That's true. It, it,
1: this, it's just assault. It's not assault and battery, but still
0: this, this is, this is assault and kind of a costing in a way, um, right. you know? So, I mean, it's, it's a misdemeanor. So I, I think he's, it's going to be a suspension. It's going to be a slap on the wrist. Unfortunately, I, I do think you should get more of the, Anytime you point a gun at a woman's head, Hey, you, you should probably, or anybody's head for that matter, you should probably uh, be suspended. But, um, it's unfortunate. Mixon's got a history, though. Here, you, you know, and not not necessarily in the pros, but if you remember back in college, he did get in trouble for knocking a woman out. He punched her right in the face. Uh, that was a, an extreme situation. Boots, I know
2: you know a little bit more about uh, old Joe Mixon and his history here. I wish, I wish the only thing we could have said about Joe Mixon was that he catches the football, he runs fast, and he scores touchdowns. He's a great player, right? I wish mm-hmm. that. Only thing you could say about Joe Mixon. Yep. I mean, I wish, you know, we, we've all got things that we only wish people would say about us. Right. But, you know, skeletons in the closet. Mine are probably, you know, falling out right now. So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> Man, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And first, let me just ask, why would you want to, why would you want to physically assault God's most perfect creation in a woman?
1: <laughs> just and why right just makes go, no sense
2: good woman we go out there as a man you know what whatever gender we want to whatever we go out there as men and we work hard right mm-hmm. to take care of our families right mm-hmm. to take care of our woman, right because she takes care of us yeah And we need that nurturing and we need that love and we need that emotional support from time to time we need to be able to release that right and give them affection that's what they need why do you want to menace them and punch them and all of you who are doing these things just stop it yeah just come on man (sighs) you know you know what gets me about it disgusting
0: you know not only is it is it wrong on so many levels but Joe Mixon, right now, if you if he's currently on a franchise tag, so he, you know he's gonna be looking at a new contract. So you just fucked up your new contract, bro, yeah. Because of something stupid. Because there. because because you wanted to do hood rat things with your hood rat friends.
1: Like,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> Unfortunately. So, yep.
2: Come on, man. Look, I'll tell you what. I tell you what. Um there are a plethora of running backs in this NFL draft, right? I could, I could see Joe Mixon being traded draft night, or before. I could see him just not on. Speaking of not being on the field for four to six games, what about not being on the Bengals team? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we might end up getting seeing dealt. that. Like if it, if she just said, "Oh, he did this," it, but it's on video. No, yeah, I haven't. It's on seen video. video, I haven't yeah. seen the video. I got to be honest. I wouldn't want to see that. It's a little scary. But I, I, I doubt. They don't want this around. Yeah. Why would you want that around your team? That's something that's going to be talked about and 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 discussed and, and analyzed, and your, your teammates are going to be asked about it in press conferences and 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 every. So why would you even want that around? So right. I wouldn't be shocked. It wouldn't shock me if you don't see mixing in the Bengals jersey. Yeah. Uh, it it'll be a, a an interesting. Because they don't pay running backs anyway. Yeah, they don't pay him for shit as it is. So, you know, why would we want to give you, you know, big money and we got to deal with with your bullshit else? Yeah. Yeah. You're
0: you're not you're not getting 15 million anymore, buddy. You know, (laughs) I I don't
2: want to deal with you and your bullshit. You're going to you can go and get Melvin Gordon money elsewhere. Right. Get formed <laughs> for, right for a little bit, and it's not like we can keep you on the field all the time because let's face it, you're not that guy.
0: Yep, I mean Mixon. Mixon has he had a great year last. That's a cra- another crazy thing. Mixon had a great year last year and a year before. He had a great yeah. year. So we I taught
1: mean, we sung his praises throughout the season uh, last year.
2: Yeah, but, but if we keep it to the field, when it come down to uh, when it came to the playoffs, who was on the field on third downs against the uh, Chiefs and the so P. Ryan. There you go. Yep.
1: Why, why, why do you not put Mixon on there? (laughs) That's another seat. That's another red flag
0: question for another time. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, a crazy situation. So we'll see what happens with, with all Joe Mixon. Uh, Speaking of drama, um, Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter. He's uh, set to go in this year's draft. He refuses to visit with teams that don't currently possess a top 10 pick. Uh, is Is that a mistake? I,
1: I just, yeah, that, that's, that's stupid. That's stupid talk. All right. You keep your big freaking mouth shut and perhaps, you know, people, there's an old proverb out there boots and boots me. You might, might appreciate this. Uh, y'all might appreciate this. Uh, it's better to keep your mouth shut and have people think you're stupid. than to open your mouth and prove them right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and Jalen Carter, you know, he, there's been a lot of, like, I feel like Jalen Carter, more than any other draft pick in in the last uh, in this last draft or in this upcoming draft, he's been in the news more than any other draft pick for having a big mouth or doing stupid shit. And if you remember, he got involved in that that situation with the car wreck, you know, not too long yeah. ago, racing his car. Now we're in a situation where he's, he's such a diva that he doesn't want to uh, uh, talk with teams that don't possess a top ten pick. You know, and what if a team trades up for you? What if a team wants to come up and and sell the farm for you? I don't want to sell the farm for this clown. This guy is a clown. I don't give a shit how good he is. That
2: guy sounds like a cancer in the locker room. I don't get why you would say something like that, right? Publicly, public, right? Yeah. You want you know, you're in the car just riding with, you know, riding with the people that you ride with. Hopefully, not racing. Yep. You just say, <laughs> you know, but yeah, you just in the passenger seat, right, or in yep. the back seat, you know, for you. Just hey, man. I don't want to pay for anybody who doesn't have a top ten pick, and all the people in the car. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't come out publicly and say that. Yeah, you don't because, say that shit. Yeah, because that I've never heard of a diva defensive tackle. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I could a wide receiver. I could hear a wide receiver saying that. I could hear a quarterback saying that. Mm-hmm. Right, but a defensive tackle? Come on, brother. Yeah, you're a D tackle. Come on, man. <laughs> the,
0: the only guy that that I've seen that that has had that displayed that sort of level of arrogance and uh, last time I I the last one I remember wasn't Dominican suit. I was that,
2: just thinking yeah, you were that that, that was Conflict. that was the last one that I remember having that level of arrogance. I and mean, even he played for Detroit for some years yeah. before he decided he had enough because he wasn't gonna sign a new contract. Yeah. He didn't want to be here. But he still <laughs> he shut his shut his mouth so to speak and he played where he didn't want to play because he was getting some tape out there yep. for teams that he did want to play for. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I just and, and, and getting paid to do it.
0: Alex Jalen Carter. I mean, it, are you bothering drafting this guy? If you're a top 10 team, even he's nope. got, I'm know.
1: not, I'm not bothering drafting this guy. If I'm a top 20 team, oh. uh, you know, I mean, I, I listen, I, when when the story first came out about the car wreck, I mean, at first I thought that Jalen Carter was directly responsible for the death of a human being, yeah. which he wasn't. You know, he was involved in a race where someone died. You know, he didn't, like, t- he didn't touch the car. He didn't, you know, tap the car. The The car he was racing lost control. So, you know, it was an unfortunate accident, you know. So, yeah, I jumped the gun back then, but, you know, but hearing this hearing this comment you know oh i'm not going to go to a team that that doesn't have a top 10 pick um well this here's the deal son you're you're you get picked by the the nfl teams so you may your your comment right there might drop you you know that's the thing you you probably were going to be a top 10 pick and now you, you shoot your mouth off. Oh, you might you might say you might be pick number twenty. You might be a steal for for a team that's at the bottom of the barrel.
0: It's, it, it, I feel like there's there's definitely an attitude problem. And and you know while that that uh, the other vehicle lost control, you got to bear in mind this was a coach that was his, one of his coaches that was in that race. And why in the hell is he out racing cars? Yeah. Why are you out here racing cars when you when you're about to get picked up in the NFL draft? Like, if I am in this situation where where I'm set to get drafted to the NFL, like, do you think a team is going to be like, oh, yeah, bro, go ahead and race your car, right? I'm paying you $8 million a year as a first-round draft pick. You go ahead and go out and have street races like yeah. you're going and, and being a part of Tokyo Drift here and and just let me know how
2: it works out for yeah, you. They specifically put uh teams specifically put clauses in 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 contract stating you cannot do certain activities. Right.
0: And and this is one of those situations where your car racing career is over, dummy. And and this situation where he's flapping his gums, he is he's done. He's
2: done. I mean, I, I feel like this guy, he's going to go first round. You know, he's, they, they he's, collude in the NFL, yeah. so they might collude to keep him out of the first round. Yeah. Watch out.
0: I, I think he's going to go first round. I, I do think he's probably going to go top ten, but Jesus Christ, man. Like, if I'm an NFL team, I'm not even looking at this guy anymore. Like, like I, I just, you don't want the cancer in the locker room, and that's what I think he is. You know, I, yeah. he's an arrogant prick. Um, and, and he doesn't deserve to, to be a top 10 guy in my opinion, but Hey, first round talent. Yep. Third round mouth. Yeah. Yep. It, well well, uh, I'd say six, but maybe that's just oh, yeah. that's
1: round mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: but, um, one guy that, that is a first round talent that doesn't have a six round mouth. That is a leader. Um, I'll tell you what, we got to talk about this. This was the big signing this past week. The Titans go out and they signed defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons to a four year. 94 million dollar deal 23 and a half million per year on average um this is a huge contract for defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons has proven his worth over there in Tennessee uh the Titans get their guy four year 94 million dollar extension it's a
2: big deal big big deal yeah it's a big deal for us before D tackle yes yeah but in order to play, in order to get this type of deal as a D tackle, mm-hmm. you you must have had to have produced and you have had a consistent impact yes. on the team's defense over over the the duration of of your career or where you've where you've been with them. So you know, well earned, well deserved money. But uh, like we were saying before, there the the Titans are restructuring, they're rebuilding, they're re they're redoing, retooling. And he's going to stick around. You must love it because I don't think they're going to be winning anything anytime soon. So because the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, they're probably going to take that division. So you're, you know, Tennessee's looking at, you know, second place at best.
0: Yeah, I think I think Tennessee's going to struggle, and I, I think that's where we're headed. I think we're going to see a big struggle for the Tennessee Titans in the in the coming years. I don't think we're talking Super Bowl at all. I don't, uh, you know, maybe maybe a playoff depending on how things go. But but they're gonna they're gonna require some big time help, especially on the offensive side of the football. Their defense has been strong actually for the last couple of years. Uh, uh, I know uh, not this not in twenty twenty two but twenty twenty one they were I think the ninth yeah. ranked defense in the they're, league.
2: They're Very good. So I mean they they do have and they you know Harold uh, Landry at the, Harold Landry at, yeah. at the DN spot. You know yeah they they got a, one of the best defensive lines with you know man to a man one of the best defensive lines in the nfl yeah it's it's going to be an interesting situation i like jeffrey simmons though
0: he has produced he's he's got a history he's got a track record of producing alex i I, jeffrey simmons i know we know a, a thing or two about this guy um he's a hell of a performer hell of a defensive tackle hard hitting him and landry together are huge i love jeffrey simmons how about you
1: i do too i mean definitely worth the money you know uh I think uh, I, th- I absolutely believe that the best players, you know, kind of fly under the radar. You know, nobody, nobody really talks about D tackles. I mean, this is a wide receiver league. This is a quarterback league. Uh, even a defensive back league. If you want to talk about a Jalen Ramsey or a Sauce Gardner, but your defensive tackles basically. Uh, give, give those corners, give your running back, give your linebackers the opportunity to run through lines and get to the quarterback for sacks. And D tackles themselves, bowl over offensive linemen in order to get to the quarterback to sack. You know, so, you know, I mean, you know, that, I, we talked about this set the line, you know, uh, and Jeffrey Simmons seems to do that very well. And very effectively, otherwise the Titans would not have uh, passed that kind of money his way.
0: Yeah, I think I think Simmons is is good in just about every facet of his game. I think he's a good pass rusher. I think he's a good uh, run stuffer I mean, yeah. he he handles the defensive bat tackle position just
3: perfectly
2: um, mm-hmm. on all all levels. And think about this: there's a plethora. I like using that word. Plethora. Plethora of D tackles in this year's draft. They're, yes, you know. That if a team, since the team is rebuilding, retooling, you know, re- reshuffling, so to speak, they could do that. They could have let Simmons walk and just and got themselves a younger, quote unquote, cheaper option in the draft. Yep. But they did not. That shows a level of commitment to uh, Simmons.
0: Yep. Brian Breesey is out there.
2: Um, uh, and and. Yeah. Jalen Carter, who
0: we just yeah. got done talking about, is still out there, even yeah. though he's an arrogant prick. Keanu Benton is still out there. Broderick Martin's still out there. Jaqueline Roy out there. So I mean, we we've got some some uh, prospects out there that are that are going to be uh,
2: very good, very
0: good. You know, in this year's draft, and they decided to re-up Simmons, which I I think you know might actually be the the smart move, to be honest with you, because he knows the system and he's shown he's capable. So I mean, yeah. this is this is a smart play. Um, What
2: have you done for us and what will you do for us? And that's where the contract.
0: Bingo. Yep. And another team that actually made a smart play here. And I want to, I got to give them big ups. So the Rams go out and they released Bobby Wagner uh, on our last show, essentially when free agency opened up, Um, you know, and the Rams obviously are in sell mode. They're just selling the farm right now and going full rebuild as hardcore as they can. Um, they, you know, they know Matt Stafford's going to need Tommy John surgery. Let's chalk that one up on the, on the board there.
1: Streak continues. Yeah.
0: Let's Let's hang them up, Matt. But the, the Seahawks go out and they, they get linebacker Bobby Wagner on a one-year $7 million deal. The Seahawks re-sign him, uh, bring him back home. Wagner said he didn't want to leave in the first place. Um, and and he loves Seattle. He wanted to finish his career there. He wanted to stay there. It's looking like he's probably going to finish his career there. This is a great signing. He's a veteran linebacker. Knows the Pete Carroll system to the nine, uh, and and the fans love him. They're going to get some good ticket sales out of him. And and that namesake, uh, big time player, Bobby Wagner, back to the Seahawks.
1: Alex was he was he a a man, a member of the Legion of Boom?
0: Yes, he was. He was a big there you know. of boom. So I mean. This, this one's huge. Alex, you like this signing,
1: right? Absolutely. You know, especially since, you know, he's a, a, a defensive player of Bobby Wagner's caliber. You know, and for the reasons you just mentioned, you know, uh, make, make Seattle a formidable team again. I mean, obviously, time will tell. You know, we've seen some surprises in this league where it's like, yeah, Bobby Wagner got that one year. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then something else happens where they go 10 and 7 or 7 and 10 or whatever. Uh, but... It, it, it's a great signing, and uh, it's re- it's ready to uh, it, it, it. It's a good signing.
0: <laughs> I, I think for the price, I, I think yeah. you get really good value signing here. For, for seven million for, yeah. for a linebacker Bobby Wagner's caliber. experience,
2: Pro yeah. Bowl veteran, Super Bowl caliber, winning. Excuse me. You've got a, a guy who the fans love. Yep. The organization love. He loves the organization. Yep. So it you know it's just. Sympatico, right mm-hmm. now. But let's just and they made the playoffs last year. So yes. you bolster a defense who, who who performed above expectations in spots last year, which allowed them to get into the playoffs. So yeah, it's a very good signing by the Seahawks and Bobby Wagner. Keep getting them checks. Yeah, I
0: mean, and one of my favorite Bobby Wagner moments, just throwing us out there, is uh, a field goal was happening and he leapfrogged the entire line.
1: Mm. Uh, to to
0: block that that field goal, I mean, I
2: just I watched him just go over. I'm like, what just yep. happened? And uh, and he and if he had, he'd done that after Cam Chancellor had done that,
0: yes, he did it after
2: him, and it was it was like man. And then actually, uh, he, it created
0: a rule that you can't do yeah. it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that anymore. So yep. uh,
1: when you when you're changing the rules of the NFL, you're definitely a special player, <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers.
0: So there's that. Uh, Elsewhere around that division, Kyler Murray, uh, you know, he he tore his ACL last year. We know that. Uh, 13 weeks ago, he had surgery. Uh, The big update on him is he's doing high bar squats just 13 weeks after his ACL surgery. Um, You know, this could be good news for the Cardinals. Originally, the thought process was that he wasn't going to be ready for camp, that he wasn't going to be ready for the regular season. Here we are just 13 weeks later. It's the beginning of April, and we're talking about Kyler Murray doing high bar squats um, after an ACL tear. I think this is a good sign that, that he'll be back on the field. I think he comes back for training camp. I think he'll be back. Mm. You know, for the start of the preseason, I think he'll be back for the regular season. Really? Yeah, I, I really do. I think Kyler Murray's gonna be hundred percent healthy come regular season. At really? least yeah.
2: I it's that's just re- late in the year the ACL tear happened. It, really? Thirteen weeks later, already doing high bar squats. That's
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah, that's that's workouts and that's mm. uh physical rehabilitation and and that and that's all good. Yep. But you got you still gotta get on the field. Yeah. and you know do the on-field stuff and when you have there's there's two things that happens when you tear your acl there's the physical break tear and then there's the mental yeah tear right because now instead of just instinctively doing the movements doing the motions that you normally have done this entire time mm-hmm. now that you you you've injured yourself when you go mm-hmm. to do that same movement now you're thinking about it yeah mm-hmm. But different. It's a little bit different. And Kyler Murray's game is built upon agility and quickness. Not not so much speed and leadership because well, you know. But <laughs> but he's very, old, right. very fast. Well, he's right? probably a really good leader in Call of Duty. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: I See? was waiting. That's <laughs> what I was gonna say. You got. You, that's another thing you gotta. You know, avoid. You know, focus. You know, we're we're in a we're in a down season here, Kyler. Uh, now's the time to to really hone your focus towards uh, returning to the field.
2: Do you, do you think he rested up well enough while, while playing the new Call of Duty? Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean,
1: yeah. his,
2: you know, his his thumbs might be. You know,
1: <laughs> Yeah, that does that does have an effect on the football.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, he needs those things strong so he can grip the ball. But, yeah, he, you know, his game is predicated on quickness and agility and getting out of the pocket because, let's face it, he, he's not a, an in-the-pocket passer because, you know, he can't can't really see over those offensive linemen, <laughs> right? And the system, you know, that was designed for him, tons of rollouts, yeah, tons of movement, right, getting back from the line of scrimmage. And you've seen him run 30, 40 yards behind the line of scrimmage and, you know, end up scoring a touchdown. But – that's, you know, the type of ability he's got. So we'll see what the, uh, you know, what the medicals are and what they come out with. But just me personally, I think he's going to have a little bit longer of a road to hoe as the old saying goes.
0: Yeah, it, I, I, I do think Kyler Murray, you know, I mean, 13 weeks. I, I do think he's going to be ready for the regular season. I, I believe that. Um, it, it, it's no. And there's going to be change. I mean you gotta think we're we're at the beginning of April. So he's got April, May, June, July, August, all the way until the second week of September. So we're talking five more months and thirteen weeks later he's already already doing these high bar squats. I, I just I really think that this guy is is you know, he, he could be healthy enough to play. And and we might be talking about week one, Kyler Murray coming up with the Arizona Cardinals, and I think that would be kind of exciting. Um and a guy that won't be here in a couple of years though. It seems is that is the Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek
2: Hill. You mean here on Earth or here in, in the NFL? In, in, here in the NFL, uh,
0: Dolphins wide receiver Don't put Tyreek that on him, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Don't put that evil on <laughs> Don't put that evil on him, Ricky Bobby. The Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill says that he intends to retire after his contract is up with the Dolphins in 2025. Uh, seems a little. How old
1: is it. this guy?
0: Yeah, I see that people's eyebrow going up. Uh, he says he wants to go to the business side of things. Is, is mm-hmm. what he's saying, and he's he's you know maybe looking to be an agent, maybe looking to be a front office guy. Who knows? But Tyreek Hill intends to retire at, as after the twenty twenty five season once his contract is up. It, it's kind of interesting to me. I, I know Tyreek Hill's been around for a while. Um, fast guy. You know he's, he's suffered some injuries in his career, but not a ton. Um, but this is a little surprising to me to be honest with you. And, and I, you know, if I'm a dolphins right now, I'm like, yeah, I really wish I wouldn't have traded for this guy.
3: Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, like if I'm mm-hmm. the
0: dolphins right now, I'm taking a step back and going, Hey, yeah. no, mm-hmm. huh. I
2: really wish so I he's... wouldn't have picked up that, that contract. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. It. Buyer's remorse is setting in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's got his ring, but the dolphins don't. Yep. Right. They've, you know, he's got what he wants out of out of the deal, big money and he, and he's got I mean, you can retire anytime you want, right? He's, so
0: he's, he's twenty nine years old.
2: Hey, yeah. If, if we could have retired at twenty nine, yeah, we no, we, we wouldn't be working right now. So yeah. it, the I don't necessarily disagree with him, but from the if you look at it from the Dolphins organization side, what the what are you talking about? Right, so now it, it almost forces them. Well, looks like we got to draft a receiver, right? Yeah, right? at some way, at some point during this draft,
0: because because our receiver is going to retire at thirty two years old. Yeah, yeah, uh, I I found that to be to be quite interesting. So Tyreek Hill uh, could be seeing his way out shortly. Get ready for that one.
2: Uh, elsewhere around, I got a body slammed his pregnant mm-hmm. girlfriend. Ah, right, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to say it again. As I kick the bone back into my closet and shut the door. Stop hitting on these women. Yeah, Cut it off. Um, next
0: up, around that division, the Bills go out and they finalize an agreement with the city of Buffalo on a 30-year lease for their new stadium. They're going to break ground on June 1st. Uh, look, I love the idea of a new stadium. I love the idea of them, you know, remaining in Buffalo and, and that new stadium. It looks beautiful, but there's one problem with this stadium, and I've talked about it on the show in the past. It's still an open top stadium. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing here? <laughs>
1: Can you, could you at least put a lid on the toilet bowl there?
2: On the, on the toilet. I like, like
0: that. Like put a lid on it. I, I don't know. Make the roof retractable. Something. Why in the hell, in Buffalo, New York, are you the blizzard capital of the United States where they the snow just dumps on you like a cartoon? Why in the hell? Are you
2: building another,
0: another open top stadium?
2: I gotta be honest, brother. I like it. Oh, I hate it. Old school football look provides that that advantage in cold weather games because remember they still gotta play against Miami. Look, I like the cold weather
0: stuff and I'm cool with that. Here's my problem. When you have a, a blizzard that rolls through uh-huh. to the point where guys can't get out of their houses, mm-hmm. and right. you have to move games to Detroit, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's you know you know what I'm saying. At that point, it doesn't become an advantage. At yeah. that point, it's a disaster. You you should at least have a, a you know if you had that situation, the retractable roof, yeah, route. where there's that big of a blizzard to the point where you're moving football games you should probably have a roof on the thing so you can close up the roof. You want to keep it open when Miami rolls into town and there's snow coming down and whatever else. Hey, fucking cool. Do you. That's fine. You want it to be like Lambo out there? Hey, rock and roll. Have a great time. But when that blizzard rolls in where you can't get out of the house and you can't drive cars and you're moving games out of town, the roof needs to be closed. No, instead, we're going to go out to Buffalo And we're not just it's not even just a situation that this is the thing that's even more funny about it. It's not even just a situation where we're building a stadium in Buffalo that has an open top. We're
2: building it right across the street, (laughs) literally (laughs) right across the street. Let me say this, though. If I were uh, whoever needed to vote for that thing, how about this? Before we build you a stadium, how about you give us a ring? Yeah. How about that?
0: Or, Or how about how about if. And, and this is another thing. You're, we're over here talking about this open top. How much revenue has it costed that team because of these blizzards and shit mm-hmm. for them to have to move games to Detroit where they make $0 on the deal? The only thing they get is, oh, our team played the game. They lose money because they flew their team to Detroit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I
2: mean, it just doesn't
0: make sense.
2: None of it does. It if doesn't make sense if they're using public funds. I'd be, I'd be, yeah. I'd be kicking Fired. my hired public That'd funds be hot for real hot. That I mean, yeah, they've been a, a playoff team and they've been always competitive, especially recently. But but they haven't won. Yep. Yeah, they had four shots at the Super Bowl back to back to back and didn't win. And didn't win. Yep. So this team is giving you. I mean, it's this they've been a. a you know, good organization, but they haven't given you a championship, so why are you giving them a new stadium? Right. Doesn't doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. I I, I just – and the open top still gets me. That's going to bug me. That's old school football. Oh God. I, it's old school football, but if you just have the open top in the middle of the blizzard, you're moving games. It just, it's senseless. Um, but elsewhere around – it does look like a toilet. It, it does. It does look like a toilet. Uh, it, yeah, I, I did send you guys that. It, it doesn't <laughs> even just look like a regular toilet, though. It looks like a, a, a little kitty potty that, that my son be, <laughs> my son would be potty training in. That's, that's what it looks like, one of those little tiny child toilets that you keep next to you, the big toilet. Yeah, that, one of those. So there's that. Um, and, oh, and you know what? It, it, if a giant came along, I bet you the thing would play a song for him or something. It was, it was, <laughs> you know. um, speaking of the giants in New York there, the giants removed the pre-franchise tag offer from Saquon Barkley. They have until July 17th to make an offer to him that'll keep him with the team. So they they offered Saquon Barkley something before the franchise tag. Barkley declined it. Giants pulled it off the table. Franchise tagged him. They have since removed that offer. So Saquon's just on a franchise tag. The Giants have till July 17th to offer him, make him an offer that he accepts, that he will that will keep him in New York. If not, Saquon Barkley could be a free agent come next season. Uh, this is kind of a huge deal um, with, with the Giants having the tag on him and whatnot. Um, it's interesting that they have the July 17th deadline there. I, I didn't realize that that was a thing. Um, but they gotta get, uh, they got to get Saquon back in, the, uh, back in the show here. So, I mean, if you're the New York Giants, are you trying to re-sign Saquon Barkley? Or does this seem like they're just sending him out the door? Because that's what it seems like to me. It seems like they're, they're far apart on the money. And it seems like Saquon could be a
2: free agent at the end of this season. Oops. Well, you—you you would. Uh, here's the here's the thing: we don't pay running backs, right? The mm. NFL doesn't pay running backs, but this is the rare case where you pay this running back. Yeah, because he he's got elite ability and he can he scores the football. Yeah, right. So he's not he's not that great of a. Locker, but you know he's still got a very, he's still got a very good game yeah so if you know so you know pay the guy he's, he's I, a multi-faceted play man, yeah really I
3: mean, yeah that's,
2: you know give me those guys on my team nine times out of ten we'll beat you yeah yeah so. I, I i would
0: i would Pay hey, the man. To be honest with you, I, th- I think this is this is a no brainer. He's a playmaker. He's the heart and soul of your team. Yeah, and and uh, especially on the offensive side of the football, you don't have anybody else in the offensive offensive side of the football that it really truly
2: inspires. You know, uh, your your offense. I mean, and there it, is a plethora. Of running backs <laughs> in this year's draft.
0: Yes, there are. So I you can exactly. get
2: one late to you know to supplant him, and they've yeah. already got a couple on the roster that are that are also very good.
0: Yeah. So I mean, that's been good. Alex, do you resign uh, Saquon?
1: So um, I th- I think so, but the problem here is uh, I'm I'm trying to find reference to a uh, to something that Mike Valeni said several years ago. I'm trying to figure out how long ago it was, but it was along the lines of when. It was around the time that uh, Dave Gettleman thought it was a great idea to trade away all of the good players, and the last one was OBJ. Uh, and it was like, and you know, we so what did they do? They draft a running back, Saquon Barkley. And by the time the giant, Giants become remotely competitive, which is right about now, that one of two things is going to happen: Saquon Barkley is either going to be dead, which he's not; he's going to be off his rookie deal this year, and you're in the position of paying a non-premium position premium money the giants backed themselves into a corner on this several years ago but it, it, you know i say pay the man and and here's why you know he sells jerseys you know he's a name you know the, the giants have built him up yes he's injury prone that's the that's the that's one thing if if people say it, if people are hesitating that's why he's he's injury prone but at the end of the day, you know, if you lose a quality player like Saquon Barkley, you know, at, you know, at the age that he has, you know, there's another NFL team that can snap him up and, you know, make them the, the, the you know, he can be a bell callback for a different team. Yeah. So it's kind of like damned if you do and damned if you don't really.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think the Giants, you know, and, and one thing I'll point out, Saquon, he had two years of injuries, 2020 and 2021. Um, two years of injuries, but looking at the numbers here uh, 2018, 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns. 2019, 1,003 yards, six touchdowns. 2022, 200, uh, he had 1,312 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, like, those are elite numbers. 1,300 yards yeah. and, and you're hitting double digit touchdowns. I mean, six touchdowns, he, even in his year where it, 2019, which was technically a down year for him, you know, six touchdowns is a good number, you know, yeah. for, for, uh, an offensive player so for him to be putting up 10 and 11 touchdowns obviously the giants have a special player and obviously like i said multifaceted back he can catch he can run he i mean he can do it all uh he doesn't block extremely well but you don't need him to block you need him to be a playmaker you need him to be dalvin cook you know that's that's what you need you need him to to stay healthy and be like dalvin cook
3: yeah and
0: and uh that's kind of where i think we're at here I, I think Saquon is worth the money if i'm the giants i think sign him I think you're you paying premium money and and you move you move into the draft, like like you said, Boots, and go in there and find yourself a guy that you know early on is going to be able to sit behind Saquon Barkley in case this thing doesn't work out and in case this guy is too injury prone for, for your liking. I don't think Saquon should be given as much guaranteed money. I think a lot of his money should be predicated on him being on the field um, because of the fact that he does have the two years of injuries. But... You know, at the end of the day, I do think you do resign him to a long term deal.
2: I would say a three year deal, uh, give him good money. But at the same time, it's incumbent upon your organization to find where you can get maximum value for other positions. Yeah. Right. So, like, take Brad Holmes, for example, from uh, Detroit Lions, uh, general manager, or whatever the title may be. Mm-hmm he was able to be a part of that team in in the Rams organization to find late round talent that had first round ability yep. right but just <clears throat> ended up falling for whatever reasons yes right so he was able to find guys like Taylor Rapp you know and, and guys like that to plug and play and you, and now you look at Taylor Rapp now he's in Buffalo yep you know about to make some big money so, you know, there, it, you have to, as an organization, be able to draft and develop and find the players that you can put where you may not have enough money to, to put into your defensive line. Okay, well, find us players, you know, who can fit the scheme mm-hmm. and produce sort of like the Patriots, who yep. are the masters at this, find players that can produce within our system that we don't have to. Overpay, yeah. That we can pay market value or even less, you know, because they're producing and we don't maybe not have to use and we just use them how we use them right here, right in this spot. And if they go elsewhere, they may not be as successful because it's different team, different scheme. It right, comes down the team and scheme. Yeah. So, yeah. But it, you know, find that, but you know, pay market. Yep, and then uh, speaking of the Patriots, because you, you mentioned them right now,
0: uh, the Raiders did sign former Patriots backup quarterback Brian Hoyer to a two-year deal. Mm. This is a good signing. I actually yeah. like this signing. Yeah. Believe it or not, because McDaniels kind with, with Brian Hoyer over in there in New England. Yeah, you Bring him into Vegas. Brian Hoyer knows the system. Vegas doesn't have a quarterback. They don't know if they're going to get a quarterback in the draft. They don't know if there's going to be a good quarterback falling to them. They don't know what they've got coming up, so they go out and get Brian Hoyer. What's the over-under on Brian Hoyer starting, or do you think he's just going to – and if you actually, you think about this. They got Jimmy G over there, too. So you got Jimmy G, and then you got his former backup, because Jimmy G was the original backup, yep. and you got yep. Brian Hoyer was the third stringer, yep.
2: right? So it was Brady, Jimmy G, and Brian Hoyer. Yep. So now it's Jimmy G and Brian Hoyer. Well, see, that, that takes me to three. Yeah. Right. The over under three. Yeah. I'd say I'd say three games.
0: Do well. It, oh, three games. Yeah.
2: I'd say three <laughs> games that he would start because of of Jimmy G's uh, injury prone issues. The, the, yeah. Those issues. So I'd say I'd say that at three because Brian Hoyer, you know, sad sadly, uh, he went in this past season. Yep. And and ended up getting hurt like you know yeah, first play qu- of the game, what, a, a very early in the game, pretty and, quickly. Yeah. yeah. And that was and that was that. So, but beyond that. Very good signing, mm-hmm. you know, because of you know, as you pointed out, the system, the familiarity, the you know, knowing what Josh McDaniels wants from the backup, knowing you know, just everything from just from the playbook side, and and, and knowing what to do with the football, and you know, just knowing what what McDaniels wants. Ooh, so right. it's a very good signing on you know on that front.
0: Uh, Alex, you like Brian Hoyer going to Vegas here, given the uh, the. Um, I guess the, the experience in the McDaniel system.
1: Sure. I mean, especially if you have experience there, granted Josh McDaniels is uh, no offensive coordinator or no head coach. I mean, we obviously, yeah. you know, <laughs> we, we've bagged on him for several, for several weeks, uh, yep. several shows. Uh, but yep, I, I'm, I'm definitely for it.
0: Yeah. There's a familiarity there that I, I think is a, uh, makes this a smart signing.
2: Um, Keep getting them checks, Hoyer. Yeah. Team's uh, getting, getting paid. Woo! Getting paid. The and, and relax, <laughs> man. Uh, next up,
0: uh, around that division, John Elway, no longer with the Broncos organization. His contract as a consultant has expired. Uh, John Elway, I, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I, I understand mm-hmm. he, he won a Super Bowl over there. Mm-hmm. Um, when Talk they, about they, it. When they brought in Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. To me, mm-hmm. I think John Elway has been an absolute mm-hmm. disaster. <laughs> I, <knew. laughs> I, I think he's been a disaster since he came there. Yeah, um, brother. He, he sold the farm for Peyton Manning, got the Super Bowl that they wanted. I get it. Peyton Manning had himself a great time over there. But when John Elway was the general manager, it was a disaster. Um, him being a yeah. consultant, it's probably a good thing. I mean, like. Look, you, you had your, what, two, three good years. You had the two good years with Peyton Manning, and then you had the one bad year with Peyton Manning where you guys made a Super Bowl, and that was about it. And it, John Elway's been there, what, 10 years now as, mm-hmm. a, as a general manager and consultant and mm-hmm. whatever else. Mm-hmm. Elway's tenure has not been spectacular with the Broncos, and oh,
2: mm. and here we are, mm. you know. Mm. We talk <laughs> about elite, right? Yep. When you have, on an offense, when you have an elite quarterback, yep that elite quarterback can mask all of the deficiencies of your offense. Yes, right? He can make receivers. He can yep. throw them open. He can make everyone around him and elevate their game. When you have an elite quarterback. Yep. That's what Peyton Manning did. Not just for the offense, he did it for the entire organization.
0: Yep. And it wasn't it, it this wasn't a situation where where John Elway needed to go out there and and go out and scout a
2: quarterback or anything. It's uh,
0: fucking Peyton Manning.
2: Right, you know, like. right. You know, legit, you know, my, my yep. number one quarterback of all time, I've always loved Peyton Manning. As Very quarterback. good quarterback. Just the epitome of, of a quarterback, mm. right? So now you remove him from – you remove Manning from the situation. Yep. Now what have we got? A disaster. Just nothing. Burger yep. After that, right? hmm just were just nothing. Yeah. Like Brock Osweiler, Brock. Yeah. You know, just nothing. Just <laughs> nothing going on from John Elway. He is like, oh, John Elway's got the magic touch. No, no, he had Peyton Manning. Yeah, he had Peyton Manning. Peyton Peyton Manning had the magic touch. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you know, Russell
1: Wilson and his cooking skills.
2: Yeah. 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 So, you know, picking. You know, Nathaniel Hackett just absolute Ugh. failure at the head coaching spot all due respect but it was it was bad brother yeah so now it just shows me maybe the problem was Elway the whole time you know and hey man we love you thank you for bringing us those Super Bowls as a player now and as a GM thank Mm -hmm. you thank you but our time is in yeah and and I think you know Elway was it was almost like the thing that saved him because Elway
0: before yeah. before Peyton Manning was brought in, Elway was a complete disaster. Uh, 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 and uh, then uh. and then they go on, they bring in Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning saves the day, saves his job. He tags in, yep. saves it, he right. saves everything. And then John Peyton Manning retires, and then here we are. John Elway is going. Uh, what's next? And oh, he we're... can't figure it out from there. Yeah. Uh, I wanted Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I wanted Aaron Rodgers from it, but that—that's the thing. He's just, that was how John Elway was going to stay afloat. He yeah. was going to go and pick up some of these greatest quarterbacks of all time, <laughs> and and just kind of keep hey, his uh, franchise afloat. Uh, and that turned out to be a, just a
2: a, mm-hmm. a shit show, to mm-hmm. say the least. Hackett goes over mm-hmm. there because you're thinking, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be the next yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's Russell Wilson and the Hackett and neither one of them could hack it. Yeah. Oh. No,
1: no, not, not any, not what? by any stretch of the imagination.
2: <laughs>
0: Oscar Wilde leg wordplay from boots. Um, so, uh, we got two more, uh, news stories here. Uh, the, le- the lesser of the two, the bucks go out and sign XC Hawk safety, Ryan Neal to a one-year deal. I like this signing. It flies under the radar. Ryan Neal says he, he you know, he came out and said he intends to, uh, 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 fight for a starting position on that team. The Bucs, they do need a starting safety. This is a good, good signing for cheap. They get a good, re- a good safety here. I like this move. This is a great value signing.
1: Absolutely. Al- yep. I totally agree. Uh, you know, it's just like you said—an under—an under the radar signing. And you know, like Young know, Tampa it needs all the help they can get after uh, has Brady. Truly announced his retirement, or is he like flip flopping on it still?
0: Uh, no, no, he's he's done.
1: he's done. He's done, done. All right. Well, in that case, yep. Tampa Bay needs all the help they can get. Yep. And
0: this is a great value signing. He he
2: only gets one point two million this year. Ryan Neal. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this is an excellent signing. It I, is. I mean, it really is. I mean, if you don't have if you don't have the quarterback spot solidified, yep. At least get everything else in order. Yeah. Right. So set the table for somebody to come in and eat. Yeah. One point two million, one year deal, low risk, high reward. This is this is Yeah. And and that's kind of been the trend, starting to be the trend, right? Yep. You guys, you know, signing one year deals almost like mercenaries. Yeah. Right. And that's that's what he is. He's a yeah. mercenary in this situation. And
0: and I, I think it's a good pickup for Tampa. And then last but not least, the Eagles. Right tackle, Lane Johnson, I who I love. He's probably one of my favorite offensive yeah. tackles in the entire league. He gets a one-year extension through 2026, but because he took that one-year extension, he gets $30 million guaranteed with it. Um, they, uh-huh. and it it's not like a one-year deal. Obviously, they're going to take that $30 million and they're going to spread it over the length of the contract. Obviously, it's only 2023, folks. So we've got $30 million. So essentially, he's going to get well, almost $10 million, it, for the next three to four years here, I mean, really, that's yeah. that's what he's going to get. He's got to play 2023, 20, 24, 25, and twenty six. So four years. So thirty million divided by four. I, I mean, he's he's going to be looking at at uh, roughly seven and a quarter. Yeah. So seven and a quarter for the per year for the next uh, uh, four years. I mean, math wasn't my strongest. Subject. Yeah. Yeah, I had to go through and kind of do the quick math in my head there, but I used see, all my fingers. <laughs> It's seven and a quarter. Uh, I mean, half of my toes. I I think Lane Johnson is worth every penny. I think even though he's older, he is still a leader on that line. He's still a very special player. Um, He's been around for a while. When he got drafted, I loved him. Um, Yeah, this is a a great signing. Boots, what do
2: you think of this? I mean, we go back to to the. to the Super Bowl and what he was dealing with, what Johnson was dealing with, injury wise. Yep. And you know, hey, this is the the biggest game possibly, biggest game in my career. And he showed right? up. And he showed up. Yep. And, and uh, I like I like Lane Johnson, one of the one of the best in the league. The uh, offensive line of the Eagles proved it was you know top three. Yeah. Right. We can debate where where it ranked, but you know, definitely top three of the uh, of the offensive lines in the NFL, and he was a key catalyst. Uh, to that
0: for sure Alex Lane Johnson the offensive tackle big money offensive tackle obviously um special player he's been great since he came in he was a first rounder from, I think it was a top 10 pick if I'm not mistaken wasn't he,
2: Lane Johnson I, mm, I, to you. I, I don't know I said
0: yes I think <laughs> he was I'll have to look that up but Lane Johnson this signing's a good signing he gets uh he gets his uh, bonus money. Keep cashing them checks, as as Boots likes to say. Uh, I I like this this one a lot. How about you?
1: I do. You know, uh, one one of the things is that the, the Eagles' offense was one of the most prolific prolific offenses all year last year. Yep. And who are the unsung heroes of any offensive line, or of any offense? You want to take a guess? The offensive line. So if it, you know whether it's Michigan or whether it's Philadelphia, uh you know, the offensive line allows, you know, the, the wide receivers to run their routes. It allows the running backs to get, to get holes. It allows the quarterback time and opportunity to stand in the pocket to throw those deep passes. So for, and, you know, when Lane Johnson showed up hurt to work the Super Bowl, you know, that, that you know, it has, brings a, kind of a blue-collar mentality to it. So you have all the, you, you put all that element together, and like, okay, you know, this, this guy's really worth something. And, uh, you know, he's, 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 de- as you said, Scott, he's definitely worth every single penny.
0: Yeah, I think he is. This contract will take him till he's age 36. Uh, he's only 32 years old right now. Uh, he played at, uh, out of Oklahoma, their fourth overall pick in 2013. So,
3: mm.
0: yeah, so a uh, pretty, pretty outstanding uh, pickup. And, uh, that's our news around the league. We've got one more thing to, to jump into. And uh, well, technically two, but it's, we combined the two. Last week, we didn't get to go into our corner prospects. So uh, I took our, our, our corner prospects, my, my top five. I know we've got the bootleg B team. I took my defensive back, oh, I, my safety prospects, made it just one big defensive back situation. Mm-hmm. I got my top five corners, I got my top five safeties. So we're going to jump into those right here, right now, for the upcoming NFL Draft. Boots, Alex, are you ready for this?
1: Let's get it on.
0: All right. Uh, These are our top corner prospects, or at least my top corner prospects, for the upcoming draft. Number one, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois uh, is my number one corner prospect. I like him a lot. Uh, He's excellent in press man coverage. Um, He's just exceptional in that. Uh, outstanding speed and agility. He can change directions on a dime, and, and he mirrors the routes of opposing receivers with ease. Uh, he's, he's a really kind of special player in that. Uh, he's got a unique ability to multitask. He anticipates both the routes and the throws. He can watch the quarterback's eyes. It's pretty impressive. He's disruptive at the line of scrimmage, and he's got the ability to throw receivers off their routes um, you know, when he's in that press coverage. He'll, he'll get them with his hands. He kind of clings to him a little bit, knocks him off their route, and he can also be a playmaker in the run and the hitch pass game, which is is pretty nice. He makes hits behind the line uh, quite often. He's a speedster. Um, The cons on this guy, the biggest knock on him is his size. Um, He could add Mm. weight. He's got a smaller frame. He could use some work finishing his tackles. He's got to wrap up a little bit better, and uh, he's going to have to develop into a more effective zone corner. Um, He'll likely be... More useful in a four-three system, where he's mostly in man coverage. Uh, you know, he's—I he, I mean, unless he gets like sucked into a Zimmer-type system, which would be a disaster for him—a uh, four-three
1: or an, andantil- or an shell defense.
0: Yeah, yeah, a four-three zone or a three-four shell would just be a shit shell for him. Uh, Devin Witherspoon's my number one though. Uh, Boots, what do you think of old Devin Witherspoon here?
2: He's one of the best. Uh, one of the best defensive <clears throat> backs in the entire. In the entire country, yeah. Um uh, The Illinois defense, very unsung, very mm-hmm. rated and unsung. But man, they they clamped teams down. Yeah, they did. When you watch that Michigan game, it, it comes back to me that Michigan game. Every everybody wanted that. The, yeah, they're gonna just destroy Illinois. Yeah, and it didn't quite happen, right? They they were, you know, Illinois was was very adept at stopping J.J. McCarthy from from really getting into the passing game and Michigan really just you know kind of wore Illinois down uh, with, with, with the run. but they were uh, they were clamping down the, rece- the Michigan's receivers.
0: Yeah, right? if I'm not mis- if I'm not mistaken, McCarthy threw a number of interceptions in that game, didn't he, Alex?
1: I have to take a look at the tape to be sure, but I will say this. You know that entire college season. You know, I I, I had my eye on two different teams. Uh, I had my eye on Penn State, and I had my eye on Illinois. And you you you, you summed it up perfectly, Boots. Uh, when 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 that and when that uh, game came around, you know, Illinois clamped down on on the defense on on the defensives. So uh, you know, we get to like. You know, okay. I'm I'm looking this up right now. Uh, but while 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 I do this, let I'll just say that this that this kid from Illinois, you know, is is a top prospect for a reason.
0: Yeah, Michigan. So McCarthy didn't throw any interceptions, but he only went 18 for 34 for 208 yards
2: in that game against Illinois. Yeah, and a lot of those were were just incomplete passes because there was nowhere to really go with the football. Illinois played very good defense Mm -hmm. in in that game but uh the the offense just could not do you know yep and they had
0: a they had a 17 to uh 10 lead going into the fourth quarter uh you know going into that too Michigan had to kick three field goals in order to get the W if I'm not mistaken it was
2: a a game-winning field goal that gave them the win in that
0: so I mean it
2: it, it, Tommy DeVito was better you know Illinois would have won that game yeah yeah he only went 21 for 30 for 178 so I mean it's it really was a, almost
0: a war of attrition. These are two top defenses, obviously Michigan and Illinois, but Witherspoon's a huge part of that Illinois defense. Uh, makes you wonder what they're going to do in that secondary you know in the coming yep. years. yeah
1: and when, when you hold, when you hold Michigan to 19 points yep. you know and you, you had to get a, and they had to get a field goal to, to escape with a victory.
0: Yeah. At home. that's a problem at home
1: at, at home.
2: Yeah,
0: that's that's a big thing. So I mean uh Michigan and, and Illinois are fun, but Witherspoon wine. It winds sucks
2: up. that Witherspoon wasn't able to really do much at the uh, at the combine. Yeah because he was so mm-hmm. banged up. But yeah, Devin Witherspoon. He deserves it. He deserves his spot. Yes.
0: Uh number two goes to Emmanuel Forbes Woo! from Mississippi State. My guy. Yeah, I like Emmanuel Forbes. Uh he's aggressive, man. he uh, when making these contested catches, he's a good run defender. He shuts down runs in the backfield. He's got a great eye for it. He mirrors receivers uh, extremely efficiently. Um, He is elite speed, and it allows him to do so. He's got a 4.3540 time. Uh, He can play both man and zone coverage efficiently. Uh, He can shut down opposing receivers to the point where quarterbacks won't even throw in his direction. He's a true shutdown corner. Uh, The cons uh, cons on Forbes is he needs to add some size. He's only 180 pounds, so he's going to be struggling to be effective in that run game against the pros, uh, you know, if he gets locked up by one of those offensive tackles, I mean, it's going to be game over for him or against even those larger receivers. Um, he's going to need to improve his tackling and he could probably, he probably would have been lower on this list if his combine wasn't so outstanding. He had a great combine, um, did Emmanuel Forbes, uh, I know you like him a lot, Boots. I, yeah. I actually am a huge fan of Emmanuel
2: Forbes. What do you got on this guy? Six pick sixes Woo. in mm. in his in his uh, college career. It's not like they. It's not like he had you know four in in, in one game, right? It has been spread out throughout the career. So he's he's a guy who when I like when I look at cornerbacks, are you taking the ball away? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you can say you know 180 pounds. Okay, I I get it, but man, that 180 pounds is taking the ball away.
3: Yeah, right. And, and you know what? It, that,
0: my
2: and he's greasy fast. Yes. And that's the thing. Greasy fast. I like that.
0: Yeah. Man. You you talk about those those uh, uh, those yeah. pick sixes when the guy gets the ball in his hand. It's yeah, electric. Exactly. You know, and that's that's the thing. You know, if he if he gets that interception, he's going to be special. So
2: um, I really like Emmanuel Ford. Too. Yeah, a lot really. of people
0: do. I I that's the, I have number two on my list. Uh, number three is a guy that I was bagging on a couple weeks ago, and then I saw him at the combine, and I saw some things that were going on with him, and I was so impressed, and I I, I thought there was such a, a degree of fluidity that that he showed when he was playing when he was uh, going through these drills. Is it, Kelly Ringo out of Georgia?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, look, he's a good press man coverage corner. He's got excellent size and speed as a corner. He's 6'2", 215. He's got a 4.340 time. Okay, uh, He's able to hang with the larger receivers and tight ends because he's got that, that size and that frame. He's an aggressive tackler when blitzing the quarterback and in run defense. And he can play efficiently in both man and zone. Though That's like a, a huge deal. He's part of that big Georgia defense, right? Yep. A lot of people love these Georgia defensive players. Um, uh, I, I wasn't a big fan fan of Lewis scene. Obviously we've, we've heard my bitching about him, uh, you know, to the point where, you know, I, I hate Lewisine,
2: but you're in the echo right now. Yeah.
0: But Kelly Ringo is, is one of those guys that I, I like a lot. Uh, the cons on him, he only played two years of college ball. So he's going to na- need, to gain some experience. Uh, he struggles in off man coverage. So if he's playing off the ball or he can't knock the receiver off his route, there's going to be an issue there for him. um, and, and it, it causes mistakes to be made that is, he requires, it requires his, athleticism, his athleticism excuse me to fix. He is, because of that speed, he's able to catch back up with those receivers and, and cause trouble. But um, he's got to correct it. And he gets too aggressive with his hands and his tackling. Um, it'll cause big-time penalties if he doesn't get that stuff in check. He, he likes to, to really wail on some of these receivers. You know how this league is where it's become a little more minimal light. We're not talking about 1985 anymore. You know, we're we're talking about this isn't the 90s anymore. Where big hits were celebrated. Right. It, you know, it, it, this this is one of those situations where if you get too handsy, you're going to get DPIs. If yeah. you get if you hit your your receiver too hard, there's going to be a flag for unnecessary roughness. Yeah. And I think that's kind of where we're at with Kelly Ringo. Uh, Alex Kelly Ringo, what do you think of this guy out of Georgia here? I you know, do you think he's on par with Lewisine or do you think he's gonna be a bum or do you think he's got a chance to be great i I think he's got a chance to be great.
1: I do too. you know uh, it, it's not Georgia has had has been notorious and or famous depending on what, what way you want to put it uh, for uh, pumping out great players you know um, they also. <laughs> Not without their fair share controversy. Uh, I mean, you know, George, you know I, I believe that um, our defensive tackle uh, Jalen Carter is out of Georgia as well, yes, and uh, a former and the number one and the number one overall draft pick from last year's draft was also from Georgia. So you know he's coming from a great school and a great pedigree, uh, but you know he has the potential to be great if he can harness his strength and, and harness well harness his strengths and okay, accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. How about that? Yeah,
0: He's got to harness that aggression, I think, a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's, that's going to be a big thing. He's got all the athleticism in the world. Yeah, Really, he does. And he's got the size. But he's got to be able to harness that aggression, and, and he's got to be less, less handsy. He's got to get a little more technical in the NFL than he has been. Um, his athleticism has kind of kept him alive down in Georgia there. Um, but I think he could be
2: a really special player, down the line boots what do you think of Kelly ringo he, he he could uh <laughs> I don't know if this shows how really good Marvin Harrison jr is yeah <laughs> or you know how uh, but yeah he can you know ringo's really good but he can't get beat mm-hmm. you know and can con- and it was kind kind of consistent you know in in that uh, Ohio, in Ohio State, State game yeah in and, and, and the championship goes ah, you know I, I like ringo I, I, I like do. him. He, he he is good,
0: though. Yeah, he's good. Uh, number four goes to a guy you were just talking about, Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State. Uh, mm-hmm. We like Joey Porter a lot around here. Uh, he's one of the most versatile corners in this draft. He can play zone, press man, off ball man, both in the slot and outside. Um, special player all around. Uh, he's a great, got great ball skills. He can effectively track and high point the ball. He causes turnovers, which is great. He's an excellent tackler and run coverage, and he's very quick to sniff out screens. Um, he's strong and he's very aggressive, both at the line of scrimmage and when tackling. He's able to efficiently make open field tackles, which is a big deal for me. Yeah. I hate this stuff where open field tackles are you know, are need to be made and guys just whiff on them yeah. or guys cheese out. Joey Porter doesn't do that. He pops guys, and it and it's pretty impressive how he takes guys down. Um, While his aggression is good, he can be too aggressive when tackling at the line of scrimmage, which has also drawn a number of penalties, especially for getting too handsy. Um, He's going to need to add some weight to that frame. Uh, He doesn't uh, uh, possess the hip fluidity to come out of his back pedal when he's playing deep man. So when he's back and that guy is piling toward him, he's got to be able to switch sides and show that hip fluidity to turn around. He can't do that. He struggles to track the ball in those deeper routes as well. So um, he could be a liability in the deep pass game, but Joey Porter Jr. out of Penn State, I think, is is going to be special. Obviously, he's got the the family pedigree there. Um, you know, if dad was a great player. Is Joey Porter Jr. going to be just as good? Boots.
2: I and I'm glad that you prefaced that with uh, telling who was his father, Hall of Fame yep. linebacker pedigree in J- Joey Porter. So here, here's what I would say: you've got a defensive back who's learning the game yep. through the eyes of a linebacker, Yeah. right? So he he plays the the corner he plays the corner position like a linebacker. That's where yep. you get the, hind, the handsy, and that's yeah, where that's, the, the aggressiveness, the aggressive tackling, the, yeah. and the tackling. Because if you're going to be Joey Porter saying you better be able to tackle, I t- I know that, right? Right. So I love the ability of of him to tackle the ball carry and to get, you know get the guys on the ground. But he's an excellent <laughs> cover corner and. And give me that every every single time. I'll take a few penalties
3: mm-hmm.
2: if I you're producing, right? And I know you're you're erasing guys from time to time. And I know that you're aggressive. And I know you're getting these penalties because you're aggressive. I like that yeah. from a corner. So, yeah, Joey Porter Jr., my, <clears throat> he's my favorite.
0: Yep. And actually, um, number five, this is a number five prospect, but I got to be honest with you, of all these guys that I'm talking about, my number five prospect is actually my favorite. And the only reason I have him listed as my number five prospect is, is because of the fact that I did, this is where I think he's listed as um, about, about on right. this level. But, like, if it was me, I'd be staring this guy down. It's uh, Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Um, mm, yeah. I think he had himself such a great combine. He's got a ton of experience at the college level. He only gave up a 77.1 QBR in college when he was targeted. That's incredible. Um, he's athletic. He's got ideal size for the possession, position. He's six foot two, two hundred five pounds, rock solid. He killed it at the combine, man. I, I can't stress that enough. Um, it, he's, that sent him into my top five for sure. Um, he's able to track and high point the ball effectively downfield. He makes plays on the ball, ball. He's outstanding in press. He doesn't get pushed around at the line of scrimmage, even by bigger receivers and corners, which is or, or receivers rather, uh, which is good. Excellent tackler. With awesome play recognition to effectively handle the run, um, Banks is special, man. And then the, the cons on him: he's more of a man coverage corner. He's going to struggle a little bit in zone. Um, not a good ball hawk, but he and he doesn't create a lot of turnovers. He's more focused on just kind of batting the ball down. Uh, he gets cooked on double moves, which is something he's going to have to learn to put a stop to. He's likely going to have to. He's likely going to be a day two guy with a ton of upside. I really think that this guy is going to develop uh, at the pro level into one of the best corners in this league. Um, he could be a great value pick. And and I like Deontay Banks a lot. Maryland has a track record for producing good corners. Uh, that's one thing, good corners and receivers. That's, that's what Maryland's been good for recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, Banks is going to be one of those guys. I think he's going to be a stud.
2: Tons of speed. Yeah. Tons of speed for Banks. I liked his... Uh I like this tape, you know. I say tape, but you know, I've watched a lot of Maryland games, and again, when they played Michigan, mm-hmm. he was very good. Yeah, he was very good in that game. So that's a a lot, a, a lot, especially when you're talking about you know guys from the Big Ten. That's you know a, I gauge them from because I see a, I watch a lot of Big Ten football right. obviously, and so <laughs> I get to see a lot of these guys and I really I really do like uh, Deontay Banks especially that speed man yeah but at 6'2", 205 you can't teach that right right mm-hmm. it's 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 there so he's got very good NFL size to cover just about every NFL receiver especially you want to put him on a on a boundary X guy who's not going to go into the slot and he does. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. all about that life. Yeah. Put him out there. Yeah. He's he's going to be a great
0: outside corner. Yes. That's that's one thing. Alex Deontay Banks. Um, uh, I like him a lot. I, I I see you. You were shaking your head earlier when I started talking about him. Uh, he had a great combine. He he, no, caught, I- he caught my eye immediately, and I was sending you guys messages. Was, Shit, who do we got to look? The- banks
1: got more <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's not much I can add to it. I mean he's he's definitely a, a, a top talent yeah. you know uh, and, and you, you bring up the University of Maryland another you know sleeper hit in the big ten in football last year. Yeah. So you know, it doesn't surprise me to see uh, that you know the skill and the speed uh, you know is attributed to this man to this guy. You know, the fact that he's like six foot and he's 205 and he's able to move like a, and he's able to move like that. That's crazy. You know, so it's, it's, you know, do we have do we have another sauce gardener on our hands, perhaps? It, it, or,
0: I don't know if he's going to be a sauce gardener, but I, I do think that this is one of those guys that you pick up in, in those late rounds. And he develops in one of the better corners in this league, right. uh, you know, and, and I just I saw. What I was seeing was this guy who was, and I get it. We're just running drills at the combine and stuff like that. I understand that. There was a – you can tell sometimes when there are guys out there that have been practicing and working their asses off. Mm-hmm. And, and you can tell when there's almost like a degree of professionalism there
3: mm-hmm. where the
0: guy said, watch this. I'm going to do this perfectly. I'm going to do everything to the T. I'm going to do everything perfect. It's going to be perfect. And I can honest to God say that in that combine, his combine was was about as perfect as it could have gotten. He he was outstanding. And and I I was like, man, everything he does is crisp and clean and, and he just does everything the way it needs to be done, the way it should be done. Mm-hmm. Banks is a special player. I, I don't know what it is, but I saw him and I said, wow, that guy looks like he's got all the fundamentals mm-hmm. and he's got he's got everything down pat. It's like, and, and us all, all, you know, you know, being professional wrestlers, you know, and things of that nature, you can tell sometimes when you're standing outside the ring, a guy that's been out there learning those fundamentals, that has been in the school, that's been doing it for a while. And you're like, Oh, that guy's special. He's going to be good. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. and this is one of those times where you're standing, taking a step back and you're, that guy's special. He's a professional. He's going to be good. Yeah. And I, 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 I believe in Deontay banks a lot. I think he's going to wind up being a special corner. Um, and one of those steel guys, I think he gets picked up day two, um, Um, probably second or third round, but Hey, you know what? Somebody's going to get themselves a good corner and he's going to start. He'll probably start as a number two corner. I think he's going to wind up a number one corner in no time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Makes sense to me.
0: Now boots. We got bootleg B team for these corners, huh?
2: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, the bootleg B team. We weren't able to get to it last week. I'm not going to, you know, get too granular or spend too much time on these guys, but I got two guys at the corner spot that are going to be later round guys that people aren't talking about and you should be.
3: Yeah. Because they're on a
2: the bootleg B team and the B stands for boss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like, I really like uh, so when you just speaking of technique and fundamentals yep. meeting on field production. Right. The epitome of that for me is Mr. Riley Moss. Yes. Mm. Okay. Out of Iowa. Yep. Right. He ran the ran the 4, 4, 5 40th compound. He's projected a fourth fifth round. Okay. He's had uh, 15 starts, 72 tackles, 16 pass defense in his first three years, including the COVID year. Mm. Right. 11 starts, 39 tackles, five pass breakups, four ITs, and voted first team All-Big Ten in 21 and 22. All-Big Ten honorable mention in 19 and uh, 20. Right. And he won the Tatum Woodson Tatum Woodson Defensive Back of the Year award. That's a Big Ten award. Yep. Right. So this is uh, a guy from Iowa who, when you look at him, you know, you might think, All right, Jason Seahorn, right? And we'll just go with the obvious. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, if you step on that field, if you're a wide receiver and you look at Riley Moss and you say, Oh yeah, I can get him. Ha (laughs) ha. Yeah. I promise you he will make you respect him because 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 of how he will of, of how he looks, right? Let's just be real. People are going to respect him and, and not respect his ability. If you do that, he's gonna he's gonna show you very quickly what he can do. Yeah. Uh excellent. He he, he could he, use a little more weight on the frame. Six one one ninety three. Yeah. So I mean he could use a little more meat on the bones, A little but more I mean, frame. Yep. But he's got an amazing ability to locate the football in space. He's fundamentally sound. He uses instincts. That's something you can't teach, something you can't coach. He's mentally tough. He knows the stigma he faces, and he beats it every single time, right? He's a special teams contributor immediately because he has return punch kicks at uh, Iowa, um, and he's always around the football, always. Yep. Give me that guy that's always around the football, and I'll, and I'll I and, and I'll take him. Um, he can be a little stiff, hipped, as they say, at times. But again, I don't care. Sometimes about those things. If you can cover and take the ball away, which he has, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm getting that guy every single time. Yep. So Riley Moss, welcome to the bootleg BT. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Alex.
1: Likewise. Makes, likewise. You know, especially especially when you talk about the fact. That again, you know, people are, you know, he has the deception, the deceptive speed and and ability with the frame that he has. Because, <laughs> you know, you definitely don't want to, you don't want to underestimate your opponent. I, I think that's very, you know, and if people do that because, oh, oh, I'm just going to blow right by this guy. And then you find out that he's stuck to you like, you know, super glue. Like, uh-oh, I screwed that up. You see, he, he, that'll get inside your head too.
0: Uh, in man coverage he's he's actually pretty damn good um he, really good against the slot uh, yeah. He, yeah that's where he's he i i think he he'll get picked up a, primarily as a nickel corner in my opinion mm-hmm. um I, I think that's where where he's gonna wind up being the guy Most you exactly. know yeah I, you know there's um there are certain players out there that just wind up being good nickel corners you know gotcha. you know a good nickel corner and i think that that's kind of where he's gonna end up as which is fine that's mm-hmm. great. He's going to get paid good money. I mean, we mm-hmm. see nickel corners make eight, nine, ten million dollars a year.
2: Yeah, Johnson you know? Gardner Johnson just uh, yeah you know, got it, a deal with Detroit just, for
0: that. Yep. So yeah. I mean, this I think he's going to be kind of in that same situation, mm-hmm. and and he's going to be effective in that situation. That's going to be man. that's going to be the nice thing. And and I think even though he he does lack a little bit of the size, if he puts on the weight, he's going to be capable of handling some of those bigger tight ends. So that's mm-hmm. that'll be you know those tight ends that are going to be coming across the middle.
2: I think he'll be able to do that. So uh, I like that. That's actually a really good good pickup, Riley Moss. All right. All right. Now we move on to the other side of the field, and we get Mr. Darius Rush
0: mm-hmm.
2: out of South Carolina. 6'2", 196 pounds, ran a four three six at the combine, right? Rejected like third to fourth round. Uh, he played in 20 games from 2019 to 2020, had 11 tackles. In 21, he started 12 games, had 25 tackles, nine pass defense, and more. uh, He was recruited. Here's here's an interesting. He was unranked and He was recruited. (laughs) You see, he was recruited as a wide receiver. Yeah, right. And he played both in high school. Now, again, you're going to get a special teams guy who can contribute immediately, like like uh, Riley Moss, because he played special teams his first two years at South Carolina. Then he moved to DB. Okay, now. Mm -hmm. We talk about Cam Smith being the uh, top guy from – okay. Yep. You no, know, Cam Smith, that everybody really loves, he was injured prior to camp, and then Rush got this shot, right? Right. And and he showed up big in that game, and in, 20, in, in uh, 22 he had 38 tackles, two interceptions, his career highs, but, you know, he was just starting at the position. Mm-hmm. So – I really, really like Darius Rush. He had a very good uh senior bowl. And he showed and 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 Riley Moss was very good in that senior bowl. Also, mm, yep. so you're talking about guys who have versatility, right? That can contribute to special teams and be immediately actually. And when you need to use them in a the bench, hey, we got a guy who can uh who can cover, especially being, you know, a former receiver. Uh, he knows how to he knows the position because he Play the play, position. Just, so yeah. <laughs> you talk about mirror match coverage, yeah, yeah. right? That's mm-hmm. got mirror. OK, he's got a uh, special awareness, allows him to play in that coverage. He's an elite athlete. And with more experience, he'll be even more dangerous. Uh, and and uh, absolutely one of the best. Uh, he, he would be a, a, a real good value pick steel for a team. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. The kind he of player experience, though probably. he does, he does.
0: He's the kind. He only had two years of experience yeah. in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. He's the kind of player that that um, because of the fact that he's being afforded an opportunity that he didn't think he was going to get, he's going to bring it yes. every time. And that's yes. that's one of those things where like he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's not afraid to get in there. He's looking to earn his spot. He's looking yes. to earn his keep. He's looking to hit guys. He's looking to make moves. You know, he, he's looking to, to just go out there and do what he's got to do um, and, and in order to become a starter on that team and become a better player over time. Uh, so I like that about him. I like that that degree of aggression. I like to see that that um, there's there's a, um, a passion, yeah. you know, if that makes sense. He, when you're pressed in the duty, yep. do you show up? Yeah, and, and can he handle it? And he does. Yeah, he did. He did and he can. So there's that. Um, next up, we got the safety prospects. Last but not least, we got our top five safeties. Um, I threw these out there to you guys, uh, yesterday night or last night. Um, I was kind of going through and, and this one was a little tough. I gotta be honest mm-hmm. with you. There's not a lot of great safety prospects in this draft. Um, are a little thin at the, at the safety position and I'm thin. a little
2: surprised, a little thin at the safety position, but I found a couple of guys.
0: Yeah, we, we found the ones that we, we liked and, yeah. and, um, my number one is Jordan Battle out of Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I know this is kind of surprising because Brian Branch is, is generally considered the number, the, the top safety in the country. And a lot of people are considering him the, the number three defensive back um, in the country. But I like Jordan Battle better. Um, I think Battle has good size for the position. He's a big hitter over the middle. Um, he's strong in run support. He's got a high motor in pursuit. So, I mean, he's, he's not going to give up. Uh, he's good in man coverage. He's got excellent play recognition. He's capable of making good plays on the ball. The cons on him, he seems more focused on delivering the big yes. sports center highlight hit than being a strong, consistent tackler. He likes to just lower his shoulder and just plow guys over the middle. And it's, it's cool that you're going to scare the shit out of the, the you know these receivers coming over the middle and, hey, good for you. But I feel like that's going to really draw a lot of flags. But not only that, you got to be able to bring the guy down. That's a big yeah. thing. you got to wrap him up. So he's got to get more consistent in that. He's going to struggle keeping up with the faster receivers in the league. Uh, he struggles to come off his blocks, too. He, he's it, The larger receiver receivers kind of manhandle him a little bit. And it allows screen plays and zone runs to develop against him on the outside there. He's got to be able to come off his blocks. And he's, he, you know, it, it's great that he he delivers those open field hits, but he's going to actually have to go and, and be a tackler. You have to bring your man down. But Jordan Battle is my number one there. I like him a lot as a man coverage corner. I do think that as long as he improves his tackling, and but th- this is the same thing we heard about who, that, that he couldn't tackle well. Deion Sanders. Yeah. You know, the, the, and that's the same thing we heard. Here we are, Jordan Battle. He's excellent in man coverage. So, I mean, I... You know, Jordan Battle, I think, could develop into a number one corner. I really do. And and I think if he if he you know gets more consistent with the tackling and wrapping up his receiver and wrapping up the the ball carrier, we could see one of the better corners in this league, maybe even a or a better safety in this league rather. Um he,
2: we we could see him be some, a, a special player. He'd uh, very good. He was uh ran a four five six combine two two time third team All American. Yep. Uh he he and uh his teammate we'll talk about here in a minute they recorded a lot of tackles they were a terror yeah <laughs> and i think a, a part of that when you're when your safety core is making all of those tackles mm-hmm. that means the defensive line is is struggling and that means your linebackers are struggling a little bit yep. but here's the thing when you're making a tackle thank you you know but battle you know coming in for the big hit how many times have we seen somebody come in for the big hit They smack the guy, and then you know the guy gets knocked back two or three yards, and then he runs forty yards for a touchdown. Yeah,
0: or they smack the guy. The laundry comes out of the field.
2: Yeah, you know. So, got to be careful with that. Keep the clips. Keep. I mean, hit him hard, but keep the hits clean. Right. Right. And Mm -hmm. make you bring the guy down. But I I do like Jordan Battle. I, I I do like him.
0: Yeah, I I like him a lot. Um, Alex Jordan Battle out of Alabama. These Alabama defensive backs have been. Uh, stellar. They got another one there. Kool Aid. Yeah, yeah, they got another one. Uh, and and now, I mean, I like Jordan Battle a lot. The next one is Brian Branch out of Alabama. Um, strong in zone coverage. That's that's going to be his game. He's going to be a zone coverage safety. Uh, he can play any defensive back position, corner and safety. So that's that's a nice that he has that versatility a little bit. He's capable of tracking the ball and breaking up passes and coverage, and he's really rangy. Um, he's got awesome lateral movement, man. He can just, he, he can get sideline to sideline and really make those tackles and bring guys down and, and he's excellent in coverage on top of it. Um, the cons on him, he has a tendency to get a little handsy. It causes a lot of defensive holding and DPI penalties. Um, he's nearly incapable of shedding blocks, um, and being mm. run coverage. That's, that's a, tr- a problem for him. Uh, he doesn't create turnovers. He seems just more content with breaking up the pass rather than stealing the possession, even if he's got the opportunity to do so. Um, mm. Here's what pushed him down my list, though. And this was yeah. the re- In 2022, it was the only season where he was a great coverage safety. Before mm. that, he was abysmal. There was a lack of consistently good tape from Brian Branch. So, I mean, he... It, if before this year, he wasn't good in run coverage already. He's not good at, as a run support safety. But then he wasn't good as a, a pass defense safety at all yeah. until this last year. Yeah. I got questions about Brian Branch. I think he's kind of resting on his laurels on that one year, to use an Alex term there. That one year gets him to the promised land. Everybody's a really excited about him. I'm more excited about the consistency of Jordan Battle. Than I am as, as a uh, uh, in, in the box safety. Than I am about Brian Branch and his one year of decent coverage
2: that he's had. Yeah, uh, right. He's, he's hundred. He's listed as a first. He, he's got first round draft stock. Yep. And you know, four, five, six. I I like him, but like you said, it's it's one of those deals where a guy gets hot, yeah, late, and then you know shoots up the draft boards, but. Had the production has the production matched his draft stock? Bingo. And I don't, I don't know that it has. I don't know that it has either. And that's been my problem with him.
0: It, it, like I, a lot of folks are going to go, oh, Brian Branch, Brian Branch, Brian Branch. Well, hang on a minute. You know, I, I don't know that he's going to be that consistent guy for years to come. Yeah. You know, I just don't, Alex. Well, I mean, am I wrong here? Am I? Am nope.
1: I? Did? You, you are not making anything up. Uh, you know, and, and and the proof is in the pudding. You mentioned it before. You mentioned it a minute ago, well, how he was bad in pass coverage. Yeah. And I, you know, if if I'm an NFL team, I'm gonna want my safety to try to get an interception every single time. What do we as fans want all the time? You know, pick the ball off. You know, the great safeties, the truly great safeties in this league, are feared to be thrown to for fear of getting an interception. And if Brian Branch, you know, is content as you say. With just breaking up the pass, then it's like that's that's just average Joe stuff. Yeah. So you know he needs to he needs to clean himself up there. Uh, you know Alabama, and he has the name he has the Alabama name behind him, and you know teams are supposed to be sold on the fact that hey this kid came from Alabama, this came got coached by Nick Saban, uh, this kid you know is you know a top tier prospect, and if you're not going to act like one, then it's like huh. Eh? What, what are we doing here?
0: Yeah, where's, where's the turnover? That's the question of the day, and, and there's, it, they're not there for Brian Brown. No. So, and that's that's one big issue I have. Uh, number three goes to Jamie Robinson. Uh, very experienced safety. 2,909 snaps in a four-year college career.
3: Ooh.
0: Ooh, yeah. Almost 3,000 yeah. snaps. Um, has a talent to play both corner and safety, right?
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, he's effective in man uh, as it pertains to the routes in the middle of the field. Um, He's ruthless tackling the opposing ball carriers, hard-hitting. He's very effective and uh, in tackling and bringing guys down. He's very effective as a run support safety when blitzing opposing quarterbacks. Yeah. The cons on him, he's too aggressive. Uh, his hands cause penalties. He's got a hard-hitting nature that likely will cause an ejection or two. Mm-hmm. Um, that likes to lower the helmet. Struggle in zone coverage concepts. And he has a tendency to get beat more by the agile receivers, especially on the deep ball. He doesn't anticipate the route, and he often gets burned on double moves.
1: So, Mm, I mean, that's a bad problem.
0: Yeah, he does. Uh, He gets he gets beat on on double moves. Um, We see it's kind of interesting to see that out of a safety, to be honest with you, getting beat
2: on a double move like that, especially when they're playing as far back as they do. Yeah, that means you're that means you're. Your technique is is, yeah. is is lacking. Yes. So, I mean, uh, Jamie Robinson, what you got on this guy, Boots? I mean, I, I, like, I like him uh, just the aggressive nature at the safety because former strong safety myself, mm-hmm. right? You have to have an aggressive nature to be able to, to, the want to, to know that you're not as close to the action. You're, you know, 8 to 12 yards or 8 to 12, 10 or 8 to 10, not 8 to 10 yards, but you're. Five to, to seven yards away, but you have to be able to ha- to be willing to run up in there, get your nose in there, right, and make the tackle when the ball carrier is coming towards you. you got to know, you know, how the tight end is releasing off of the line and be able to read that, and be able to read that. Know if you need to go and cover in space or if you got to you know cover in the phone booth. Right. Um, I like his you know aggressive nature. Uh, running the four five nine forty Uh <laughs> the. Let the team of tackles, you know, two straight years. So that that tells you something, or two yeah. seasons anyway, not two straight, but two years. Let the team of tackles. Uh, that shows a willingness, you know, the want to. Sure. You know, it also shows that maybe your linebackers aren't doing that particularly <laughs> great of a job. <laughs> no. Once not at again, all. you know, one of those type deals. But again, you know, give me that guy, you know, that wants to bring the ball carrier down. Right. Um. But the confidence. I, I do like that he does play with confidence. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Number four, J.L. Skinner out of Boise Skinner. State. Skinner. Uh, he's a big boy. 6'4", 200 pounds. He likes to play the role of a makeshift middle linebacker. Uh, I watched, <laughs> my God, this guy in the run game, just brutal. Brutal. He, he plays like a middle linebacker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he, he's got the uh, size and the speed. He can handle slot receivers and tight ends over the middle. He diagnoses quickly. He, he uh, makes plays on the ball carries. He's always in the trenches. He's mm-hmm. an in-the-box safety. He had less turnovers in 2022 than 2021, but he doubles his interceptions. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mm-hmm. could transition to middle linebacker position. I I really think he's a middle linebacker more than he is a safety. But, hey, maybe that's just my opinion. What I saw, like, when I was watching him and I was watching him on tape, I'm like, oh, my God, this guy is like Eric Kendricks all day. Um mm-hmm need to improve his technique when breaking free of the opposing blockers. Uh, he can't get away from them. They, they grab a hold of him and he's, he's toast. Uh, he struggles with making big plays versus zone blocking schemes that allow screen plays and the speedier receivers and running backs to break free outside the tackles. That's something that just goes on with him. He doesn't possess as much preferred agility for a safety in man coverage. Um, he would likely make a better linebacker. I, I honestly like with his size, his frame, I, I think he could add probably a little bit more weight. But, I mean, really, I, I see J.L. Skinner as more of a linebacker, a middle linebacker in a 4-3 scheme than I do because he, he's always in the middle of the field. He likes to be in the box. He's good in run. It, I don't see him as a safety. You know, like, maybe it's just me. And he's listed as a safety. I know he's getting drafted as a safety. It, you know, he's going to be a run support safety. Much like Harrison Smith was when he got drafted, I don't think JL Skinner is going to be as effective as Harrison Smith in that role if he remains a safety. To me, they should just say, Go ahead and eat a lot of food mm-hmm. and go ahead mm-hmm. and middle linebacker shape mm-hmm. because he likes to be a coverage linebacker in the middle and he likes to and he can diagnose
2: and he comes up and he makes plays in the run.
0: That's a linebacker.
2: That That's me. a linebacker. I yeah. mean, am I wrong? No, listen. I like it 64 220 or not 220 200 uh, 200 200 even if you get that's what if you get him to 220 right now you're looking at a guy who I would play as a nick I would still play him as strong safety right mm-hmm. cam chancellor type
3: mm-hmm. right
2: but then when it comes to the nickel packages and sub packages now you've got a guy who can be your middle linebacker in the dime package. Yeah. And now you have yeah. got a guy who can be in the nickel package. You could line him up on uh, and do like uh Zimmer would do that double A gap blitz oh, yeah, yeah. in the nickel in the nickel position. You just afford, you put him in the uh on either side. You could play him either on, on at either linebacker spot. And so with that, you know, ability to cover in short area. Mm-hmm. Right, and then crash down on the run, cra- blitzing. Right, he would be a terror to blitz. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I would definitely uh, use him in, in that type of situation. I I, I
0: think he's more effective in a four three than a three four.
2: Yeah. when it when uh, yeah, it comes yeah, yeah, down yeah. to it,
0: I, I don't think you you slap this guy in a three four. And I mean, no, that that does that wouldn't make sense to me. I think as a four three type of guy. And if you were to move him up into a linebacker spot, it'd have to be
2: in a four three scheme. Yeah, um, a hybrid guy yeah. that you would that you would get a select amount of sta- uh, snaps in. On, yeah, right. Yep. He wouldn't he wouldn't play all the snaps at safety. He would play certain snaps at safety. Right. Yeah. You'd He'd be certain snaps at 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 uh, in the linebacker spot mm-hmm. in certain defenses and sub packages. Sort, sort of a gadget
0: player in a yes. way. I, I mean, yes.
2: and and that's kind of I.
0: Yes. I I was watching, like I looked him up just because I, I, I honestly, I before this, I had not heard, before I started really looking at all these prospects. I hadn't heard of Jail Skinner, and then the, I was looking at him and I'm like, this guy's a linebacker." Like, yeah, and just, he, he's always in the box. He's yeah. always in the box. I mean, I'm like, I, why doesn't he just transition up to a middle linebacker spot?" Mm-hmm. And I, I get it, he was listed as a safety, so that's what he's going to get drafted as. But any coach who is taking a look at this guy and going, "Oh, that's good. he's be- a running back. Safety. Yeah, no, he's a freaking linebacker. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what he's going to be.
1: Back, back, um, linebacker, right.
0: Yeah, and number five, Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M. This guy is technically the number two prospect in this draft. Mm. Um, and uh, really? he's excellent in press and off-man coverage. He often finds himself uh, coming up with interceptions. He's a strong tackler against the run. Good height, good vertical leap, good coverage against the underneath routes. The cons on him... He struggles against the deep ball. He gets faked out easy. Double moves are his kryptonite. Um, he's got a tendency to get a little grabby when he gets beat, um, causes penalties, and he lacks the kind of weight that he'll need in order to throw it around and, and uh, bring heavy hits on opponents. Again, this is another guy, Antonio Johnson. I could think he could wind up as an effective coverage linebacker in a 3-4 scheme mm. if he adds a little weight. So uh, JL Skinner is more of that guy that's going to sit in the middle of the field, but I, I really do think Antonio Johnson as a safety, uh, you know, I, I think that, that he could wind up coming up another, again, middle linebacker type guy, sort of a hybrid, a 3-4, might be a good fit in Baltimore, I think would be an excellent spot for him as a 3-4. Um, they, they need that in the middle anyway you know they got good edge rushers but they do need a sort of a middle linebacker type of middle safety type of guy. Antonio Johnson out of Texas A&M could be it. He's technically like I said the number 2 prospect in this draft. I mean and and uh to me when I was watching him I, I was like okay this again a, a linebacker type guy this is what he should be as a safety so
2: um boots what you got on Antonio Johnson. I like Antonio. He's he, He's at a four, to uh, four, five, six. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a twenty twenty two second team honor, all American honorable mention. I'm sorry, he's he's good. Not the fastest but guy in not the world. The, not the fastest. Doesn't you know? He's a, he's got a second. They got a second round grade on him. Yeah, he doesn't deliver a lot of a lot of big plays mm-hmm. at the at the safety spot. Right. So you know that's where you know, the last line of defense, I'm I'm gonna need a guy that, you know, can, you know, take the ball away, make a big play, do you know, do something when, you know, when the you know, when the play gets gets past the uh the you know the stop. Ah he's okay. He he struggles he's against okay. the deep ball. That's that's one thing. The, the, he's
0: not gonna be a deep yeah. coverage safety to me. And and to me he seems like a guy, like in a three four where he would play underneath against those tight ends and those slot receivers kind of over the middle and that's fine. He can play in the slot, which is fine, you know, but you're, you know, he's going to kind of be that hybrid type guy. You bring him up into the box and you have him as a middle linebacker in a three, four. That's where it makes sense to me. Um, but I, I just, I don't see him as a, a top tier safety. I I don't, I see him as a guy that you got to bring down into the box. And that's, that to me makes a whole lot
2: more sense. Box safety. Yeah. And tech, you know Texas A and M, they had that great recruiting class over the, these great recruiting classes over these past few seasons, but yep. hadn't really hadn't really panned out. No, really. And he was a part of that. Yeah. So so boots, you got a, a B team for these safeties here. I do, Alex. How you feel about Antonio?
1: I feel uh, there's not again not not a whole lot I can add except for the fact that uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know something I, I i there's nothing really i can add uh honestly uh you guys put guys nailed it on the head uh it it, it makes me raise eyebrows that he's the number two prospect in the entire draft and he's fifth on the safety list
0: um uh, I, I had as five uh you know the the um the fact that he's and again we talked about technique earlier uh struggles against that that deep ball and then he gets grabbed. Mm-hmm in that situation he gets smoked on double moves. I mean like and yeah,
1: you, that is a problem.
0: How do you as a safety playing that far back? Yeah. How the are last, you the final guy? Yeah, are you yeah. you've got all this time to prepare. You're watching this guy and you just let him go whoop right around you on a double. Yeah. I mean like what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense. Some of these and that's why one of the reasons why like I'm not big on this safety class. Uh-huh. I'm I, I, I look at these safeties and, and, and you know, the only, the only guy that really stood out to me was Jordan Battle in a big way. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I look at it's like Jordan Battle, maybe J.L. Skinner if he moves up to the linebacker spot. And then, and, he, and then it's everybody else. Nobody stood out to me in a big way in this safety class where I was just head over heels in love with him. And I think a lot of people are way too in love with Brian Branch right now. And and he's going to go first round, and I think somebody's going to be drafting a bust there. I, I really do. I think he's a bust. I think mm-hmm. there's just a lack of consistency there, and people are going to yeah. get excited. And I don't think
2: he's going to. I don't think he has it. Right. So lack I mean of consistency. I think you you hit the nail on the head with consistency. Yeah. And because and the more I watched Brian Branch, the more
0: I was just like, okay, this guy's pretty exciting. He's pretty damn good. And then and then you look at his his stuff from twenty twenty one. And um, because I, like if somebody mentioned because I was watching twenty twenty two, I was like, oh god, this guy's the bee's knees. And then I, I, the more I read up about him, the more that people were saying, well, twenty twenty and you know, twenty twenty one were a little rough. I go back and watch that tape, and I'm like, oh, right, he sucked. Right. <laughs> like he was, <laughs> you,
2: you know, know, some improvement. Yeah, right?
0: yeah. But now this this year, he he looked like the greatest safety in the country. You know, and and I guess by the numbers, he was in twenty
2: twenty two, 21 and 20 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A little you rough. Wonder, you wonder where, you know, when the light turned on yep. you know, or if he just, you know, turned it on because, okay, now it's, you know, it's draft time. Draft and time. my, yeah, my, my yeah. stock is going to rise. You wonder, you know, if
0: that had to do with it. I got, I got questions about him, you know, right. and that's going to be those, those questions will persist yeah. until I see a consistent level of play. Right, you know, and and I was I was satisfied. I I was satisfied watching the twenty two tape. I was one hundred percent satisfied taking a step back. Oh yeah, yeah, Brian Branch. You know, he's he's that's it. That's the guy. Yeah. And then for I I I started reading a few scouting reports, and every one of them said the same thing. Oh, hey, twenty two was the only year that he was really stuck. It's like no way. Mm -hmm. Went back. I'm like, oh, he was just getting smacked around. Mm -hmm. I mean, like he he had Mm -hmm. nothing. So I have questions about Brian Branch. Why he falls? Antonio Johnson. You know. He struggles against the deep ball as a safety. There's there's issues there. That's a, that's a problem. He gets grabby on these guys. You know, that's going to be a major issue. You're playing safety. You're getting beat on double moves. And then because you get beat on a double move, you're getting grabby with the guy. And then you're going to cause a, a pass interference penalty. And this ain't like college ball. You know, you could get away with, oh, okay, it's a 15-yard penalty college ball, right? Right. You know, you can get away with there. You go to the NFL, that's a spot foul. Yeah. You go to the NFL, that's... 40 yards, you Did know, you that's, the, yeah, the, that's, that's a big deal
2: to me. And that's one of yeah. the reasons why I'm, I'm looking at him and going. I like mm. that you point up because the, you know, the spot foul. And, yeah, it's a spot and, foul. And, and the penalty yardage that, you know, is accrued on the NFL side, it's it's more dangerous to be that type of right. player. And I most, like that you brought that up.
0: And most times as a safety, you aren't going to be getting beat uh, I, you know up at the line of scrimmage when you're getting if you're getting beat and you're playing as far back as you do at the yeah. safety position and you're getting beat way back there and that spot foul happens, guess what? We're talking 40, 50, 60 yards. Yeah. I mean this this could be a major issue for him. Yeah. And and it, as for as many times as I watched like I was watching double moves just I mean I mean these guys just walked right around him. Like mm-hmm. it was no problem. And I, I question How in the hell this guy got a second-round grade? I question how in the hell he was the number two guy. I I had issues with that. He's good in underneath routes. He can handle the underneath routes, all that short stuff. He gets interceptions in those situations, and it's flashy, and it's exciting. Mm -hmm. But Antonio Johnson, to me, is a second-round guy as a safety getting beat on double moves
2: deep down the field?
3: Eh, I got questions. Mm -hmm.
1: Questions.
2: I got an answer for you. Oh, good. I hope so. I got an damn. answer for you. So let's go to the B team, right? The bootleg B team. And I'll give you a guy. If you don't want to take Antonio, John, I got a guy for you. I got Jason Taylor second. Ooh.
3: Okay. Right?
2: Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Six feet, 204 pounds, ran a 4 Okay, he's projected to be a fifth-round guy, but the stock is rising. Yeah. Right? The S&P is going up. He was a 2022 Walter Camp Second Team All-American, 2022 All Big 12 First Team. But beyond that the kid's and the, the name sounds familiar to. Yeah, yeah. Yes, the son of the great. Okay, all-time great Miami Dolphin Jason Taylor. Yeah, yes. okay.
0: I was I was
2: as soon as you said it I was like, "Oh." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just like his dad, just like is his dad. um he makes plays. He's a playmaker yep. like like, Jason Taylor, we all remember how Jason Taylor coming off the edge, caught, you know, wrecking havoc, and was consistently yep. involved. Consistently, you had to make sure that you knew where he was on the field, where he was lined up. He had to because Jason Taylor consistently affected the defense or affected the offensive play. So, you got that going for him. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a game-stealing interception and the win over Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, Rival, right? You can seal the game and beat him. Yeah, he was ranked Mm -hmm. one amongst
1: all. I'm watching his tape right now, actually.
2: He ranked number one amongst all FBS Power Five players with six ints and second with 72 solo tackles. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're now we were just talking about safeties who can get beat on double moves and don't take the ball away. This so here's the guy who got six picks, right, and had 72 solo tackles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That tell you. Yep. Right. Yeah, that, excellent. Now you're playing in the Big 12 where, hey, let's, you know, shoot them out every day. Right. Yep. You, know, sh- 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 you know, the ball's going everywhere and he's taking the ball away. Give me that guy. Yeah. Give me that guy yeah. in, in my secondary. And he can also play free safety if necessary. So, you know, he's not so much a box safety, but he's a balanced <laughs> Yeah. He he can he can get in there and tackle when you when you need him to, and he can also cover when you need him to as yeah. well, and and make sure the ball gets back to the offense. So I I, I love that about his play. So only, I would play him
0: at free safety. Only Six. only downer that I see about him, um, yeah. and and it's the the only thing that that really um, uh, was kind of the the negative is the he he gets a little handsy, but a lot of his first of all, let me just say a lot of his handsy stuff. Comes early in plays when he's up by the line of scrimmage. That's the only yeah. time when he gets way too handsy, and that today caused DPI or not DPI, but uh, defensive holding. You know, it doesn't cause a, a big spot foul, which is nice. You know, at least at least if you're gonna if you're gonna fuck up, like, at least right. fuck up there. Right. You know, but uh, on the other end, um he can't play single high. That that was the only issue. Single high safety looks for him. Sure. You know, that's the moon. You know, right. but, okay. I mean, okay. but I mean, as far as being a complimentary safety to when he's back there with another guy, you yeah. know, when it's him and it, 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 that guy was paired off with, say, you know, as a Vikings fan, just to say Harrison Smith, mm-hmm. okay, he's going to be glorious, mm-hmm. you know, for that type of situation. And I think that's uh, I like that pick a lot. I think that's that's an excellent pick. Um, he's not the kind of guy that's going to shut down as a single high. Um, if you do like a single high safety with a nickel look there. Right. You know, that's that's kind of he, he's not going to be that guy. But as long as you've got uh, uh, two safeties cutting off each side of the field. Yeah, I think he's he's going to be spot on there.
2: Well, I got to I, I got to say this. Well, he'd be paired up with a guy that maybe you won't think he'll work well with because I was struggling with this one. Mm-hmm. I've been struggling with it because again, the safety class, like we say, eh, you yeah kind it's, of it's iffy. A little, iffy and I and again, I didn't want to go right to the you know to the top of the board because mm-hmm. it's the boot like it's the B team <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but the B stands for boss, so I was struggling all week or, or over the past you know give me, but this guy kind of so I had to end up going back and watching the combine again to kind of you know get a, a a better sense of of these guys, right. And but the, the guy who stuck out to me, Sidney Brown, mm-hmm. out of Illinois, again, again a, Illinois, a yeah, part of that yeah. Illinois defense who stifled teams. Yep, right. And uh, he had six Excuse me. So five point nine
1: seven prospect grade. Okay, uh, sixty six production score. Uh, and, the, and the athleticism, I'm, I'm, I pulled up his combine profile. Uh, athleticism was an 89, total score was 75. So, yeah, running a 447 40 is pretty fast. Uh,
2: third round, he's uh, got third round stock right now. Right.
1: Yep. Uh, compact frame with a densely built lower half, posted 10 career interceptions with six in 2022.
2: That's there. Yeah, Yeah. the six interceptions. Yeah.
1: So that's Richard Sherman numbers there. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Uses force to slow tight ends route release. Exploits the crevices as run defender in the box. Right. Step, step. Yep, great. Yep. Great. You know, running and great athleticism there. Steps downhill to create a firm edge against an outside run. You know, because a lot of teams these days, you know, you know, people that uh i mean i've seen I've seen most teams try to do the inside run, but you I mean uh, occasionally you know I have seen them resort to an outside run, and if this guy can come down to, to take it out to take it back, tremendous um, and mm-hmm. uh, you know again solid anticipation and build up speed as well yeah, you know, right. those are those are his strengths uh I'll pause for a minute.
0: (laughs) Wow. uh, 2022 lockdown receivers to a 47.8
2: QB rating. Oh. Right? That is,
1: that is, that's significant.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Talk about the Illinois defense. Talk about uh, how they were able to achieve what they did. I mean, they should have been way better. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, better quarterback play. That's what they really need up, better quarterback play. But his his brother, uh, Chase Brown, pound for pound, the best running back in the in the game, pound for pound, I, I really, I really love Chase Brown. But his twin brother, there, uh Sydney, playing strong safety. So I'm gonna I'm pair him with Jason Taylor. In a second, we got a, a playmaker. We got playmakers <laughs> and a playmaker, <laughs> a hard hitter, a hard hitter, playmaker. And that's the safety spot, right? They're yep. both making plays, right? Yep. So my team is. It'll be built to put some pressure on. My defense is built to put. Pressure on you up front. Mm-hmm. Stop the rumble and put pressure on you on the edge. I got linebackers that's going to read and diagnose and can cover at the same time. And my secondary is just monstrous. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Darius rush.
1: Yep. And then uh, just the only, the only thing you have to consider uh, his weaknesses. Um, he is tightly bound in his hips. Uh, struggles to stay connected in man coverage. That's a problem. Uh, below average change of direction quickness in space, which, I mean, yep, I, I totally agree. You, you really need to, when you get, when you get in a situation where, you know, the, the players, we, when we have open field, you need to, you know, he can easily get burned in double moves. You know, that's, that's what that tells me. Right. Urgent charge to throw, urgent charge to the throw leads to imbalance in tackle attempts after catch. So yeah, if somebody could like, you know, make a clown catch with a with a, with your single hand, you know, he might, you know, struggle with that. Right. And then last here, uh, it says ball carrier slip from his grasp too often. Finish the tackle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What 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 do we keep saying? What do we keep saying? You know, like you know, we see missed tackles all the time in, in all positions. So, you know, that's that's something he needs yeah. to wrap up.
0: He's gotta, he's gotta be able to get home. You gotta be able to hit home. And and as a defensive player, you know, get your man on the turf, take him down. Gotta hit him. So uh food leg B team. Almost all, completed. almost completed here. We defense. Woo, yeah. Defense is scary. We've got uh punters and kickers next week, fellas. We're we're going, yeah, that's right. We're going that deep. We're going, going that, that deep. deep. <laughs> and, and we know that they're, they're they're gonna be out there. I already know who my one is going be, but we'll talk about it next week. I'm very excited. <laughs> well,
1: it's uh, an appetizer.
0: Yeah. But uh folks, that's our show. Uh thank you so much for for joining us. Um before we get out of here, I just want to give a shout out first of all to It's Your Time Massage, IYT Massage.com. Get yourself a massage at It's Your Time Massage and get yourself a Swedish deep tissue. And uh she includes the CBD oil. They got that for just a little bit more so you can get yourself some uh some of that excellent massage stuff over here at It's Your Time Massage. Uh, check it out, IYTMassage.com, or you can check her out on Facebook at It's Your Time, LLC. Uh, she'll be happy to take care of you.
2: So um, happy. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah, feeling like a bowl of jello.
0: Yeah, actually, man, <laughs> I need one. I need a massage. I might have to go to It's Your Time. Uh, next up, we got to give a shout-out to uh, Big Willie Dubs Gaming. Big Will out there having himself a party on uh, Big Willie Doves Gaming, so good for him. He's rocking all that Modern Warfare stuff, all that Call of Duty stuff, shooting and booting out there. <laughs> shooting
1: and booting. That's a, that's a good term.
0: <laughs> he's, he's having all kinds of fun. Um, yeah, I've been watching some of his his stuff. Very entertaining. You can check him out on TikTok as well. Big Willie Doves Gaming. Um, shout out to Face Kicked Apparel. Our boys over there, Sean Stockmeyer, his wonderful wife Lisa, they do tremendous work. Uh, all your custom shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, uh, pants—you name it, you pick it. You see, he sticks it over there at FaceKickedApparel.com.
2: Get your face <laughs> kicked
0: with savings. Yeah, and one,
1: of, one of the hardest working people I know in the business. Yeah, like, hard, he, he never—he never stops working.
0: Hard, hard work. And high quality. That's what yes. you get. picked Apparel. Um, I I wear uh, I wear that shirt that that you yourself got from kicked Apparel, Alex. Uh, recently, I wear that shirt all the time. So, Face kicked Apparel, give that a, a a look. Also, Patch Miracle Photography. If you're looking for any of your uh, your uh, photographic needs, they got you covered over at Patch Miracle. You want graduation pictures, you want baby pictures, you want uh, maternity photos, you want engagement photos, you want wedding photos, you want to do a sexy boudoir shoot for that special someone in your life, please check it out. Patch Miracle Andy and his wife Chantel are tremendous. They're gonna make your special pictures even more special, high quality, very professional. Check them out over at uh Patch Miracle Photography. You'll look better than you've ever looked in your entire life. Absolutely. I I hell I looked mm-hmm. better. They made me look like a supermodel. I don't know how the hell they managed that. <laughs> <laughs> they,
1: they, they, were, they they came in clutch on your wedding day too. Uh, not only did were they fantastic with the wedding shots, they actually helped tear down the venue.
0: Yeah, they.
3: Okay, they did. that's
1: how that's how awesome, uh, at Andrew and Chantel are.
0: Yeah, they're they're incredible people, and and we're so lucky that, that they were our photographers. They've been they've been doing all of our baby photos. We we won't go anywhere else. Uh, we we go to Patch American Photography anytime. And then we've got a book out here that that I know Boots is super
2: stoked about. Ah, I ate cookies out, out of the, the trash. trash. Yeah, yep, yeah, that's a great book. And if you've ever eaten cookies out of the trash or cake, pie, ice cream, this book is for you because it deals with if you have had issues with body issues, if you had weight issues, if you had struggled with self-esteem, spiritual issues, anything like that, hey, this book has a little something for you, man. I Ate Cookies Out of the Trash by a wonderful author, Tammy Pruitt. Yep. You can find it on Amazon. It's online only, Amazon. You can get it for your Kindle. You can get it through... uh, 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 What the the google books you can you can get it barnesandnoble.com wherever you can get a book online god dog go get this but i ate cookies out of the trash that's an excellent a great author great person uh knowing knowing
0: tammy she's awesome so i mean just an awesome human being um check it out it's a great read and uh last but not least our boy Alex Steele has some stuff going on. Steel Brothers Gaming, what's going on over there?
1: So, uh, more voice acting uh, shenanigans. You know, just the, just the the standard Wednesday night uh, soirée. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to keep coming up with new words for this. Uh, I'll, I will tell you this uh, the case we're working on right now, uh, we're two episodes deep, and we're probably going to churn out two more episodes. It's really long, really meaty. That's what she said. Uh, so <laughs> we're, I think you know, we just got done setting up uh, the case. Now we're going to do the formal investigation next week on Wednesday, and I believe the trial uh, is the week after perhaps uh so you know so every wednesday night at 8 p.m you know package and i uh, are here to entertain you to bring life to characters on screen that that speak a lot of dialogue uh, so grab your popcorn b- grab your beverage with a tip with a pin on the top you know because uh and, and you're guaranteed to have a good time you know so it's 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 definitely a hobby we uh, uh enjoy doing
0: yeah, I, I particularly enjoy that show. I, I like to watch it while I'm, I'm chilling on the couch or whether I'm at work. You guys have mm-hmm. uh, always have entertaining stuff going on. Um, and I like to just go on there, harass you every now <laughs> and then and make ridiculous commentary. So still got the juice. baby. Oh, yeah. the, the
1: uh, I, like, I got the juice.
0: And that this is all part of this still part of that same Ace Attorney series, correct?
1: Yes, it's it's an offshoot from the uh, the original Ace Attorney. Uh, it it's set like a hundred years before, in in like the Victorian era, oh, cool. which it, plus plus the soundtrack is just bananas. Yeah. So you know, yeah, if you're ever if you're ever bored and you want to listen to some good music, you know, just look up this game's uh, the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles is the name of the game, and the soundtrack is bananas. So it, it's it the full orchestra. Yeah. you know, they really, they really went ham on this one. So, uh, you know, just take it, check it out. If, if you're, if you're, if you're into that stuff, take yeah. a look
0: for sure. And, and I, I'm super excited to, to continue watching. I I've been checking out your guys's channel and, and even if I don't get to see what, what went on live, I actually tune in later on and I can actually watch the whole thing. So it's an exciting time, but, uh, folks, that is our show. Um, Hope you all enjoyed it. What we're doing here, we got draft right around the corner. Next time, we're going to be talking about punters, kickers. We're going to be talking about the team's draft needs. Every team's draft needs what we feel their biggest draft need is. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we'll be chatting about that a little bit. So Richard,
1: yeah, Uh, had to sneak him in here sometime.
0: I like Anthony. i don't i don't if the vikings draft him i still won't call him my quarterback (laughs) Fire. (laughs) but uh you know we'll be talking about every team's draft need we're going to go over news around the league uh punters and kickers uh we'll we'll talk about them i don't know how in depth we can go on punters and kickers but i'm sure as hell gonna find out that's right
3: Uh,
0: (laughs) we're gonna go ahead and have a look at them (laughs) So, uh, folks, that's our show. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz.